Twenty years ago, one man had a vision. It began here, and it would change our world. As the vision grew, we cheered it on, stood in awe, held onto our seats, and gave up our hearts. The boyhood dream has come true. We watched with utter disbelief. He walked in the Stunned silence. The Austin era has begun. And sheer amazement. But above all, we've been inspired and enriched by the vision. Sometimes things are so special in your life that words cannot explain. The history alone in that place makes Madison Square Garden special. My family's gonna come there. My wife, my mom, my dad, my daughter. Everything that I've ever wanted out of life comes down to this one day, this one short period of time. My passion, the thing you dream about and consumes you. People are gonna remember this forever. People will say, you know, that match was worth coming back for. You haven't lived, you haven't breathed until you've danced at WrestleMania. Tonight will be like no other. Tonight is the showcase of the immortals. They will achieve the impossible and forge new beginnings. Tonight, men will hunt down their dreams. Tonight, no one holds back. And tonight is where it all begins. Again. Once again, and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, what do you bring us from the news desk as we wrap up the second week of March 2017? JBL and Ron Simmons are going to be inducting Teddy Long into the uh, 
the Hall of Fame. Well, that makes sense. So I, well, Farouk I, I agree makes with sense. That. Yeah. JBL not so much, but okay. I agreed. I guess Butch Reed isn't available. I don't think Butch Reed's on good terms with Vince. So okay, you'll never. He's see. He's probably part of the concussion loss. Yeah, there. you'll never see. You'll never see Hacksaw Butch Reed in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, at well, least no, not I mean, right just now. Just to do a speech. Yeah, at least not right now. So um, so far, these uh, inductors they've announced, I've not been very uh, impressed with them so far, Patrick. Yeah, my next one, Cena is inducting Angle. Well, that makes it full circle, right? Because but I mean, Angle was the first person Cena interacted with on screen, and so now Angle Cena will be the last person Angle interacts with on. So it's see full circle. Full circle. They keep saying though Angle's going to wrestle. There's a great interview. There's an interview on Live Audio Wrestling with John Pollock where he talks about he told Triple H when they first approached him about the Hall of Fame. He said, "What about some matches?" And Triple H said. He laughed it off and said, let's just do the Hall of Fame right now and we'll get to that down the road or whatever. But he does have a list of people in the company that he wants to work with. I think him and AJ would knock it out of the park. But we've seen that. Still, though. He says part of the reason he still wrestles part-time is to stay in in ring enough shape so that he could be ready if they allow him to wrestle. But uh, the way the company is, I'm not not sure that's going to happen. I would have preferred Steve Austin be the one because there's segments that when he was the singing cowboy and the little cowboy hat. Oh, the the whole like six or seven months of the Alliance when Angle was a part of of it and all that. The comedy segments they yeah. did together on screen I thought were out- outstanding. I mean, you weren't going to get Brock Lesnar to stand up there in a tuxedo and give a speech. I would have liked Edge and Christian. But you assume, though, that Edge is probably going to be giving Beth Phoenix's speech, right? Or involved. He'll, be at the, he'll show up at the end of it. That's so. true. That's true. They'll probably have a diva actually do the speech, but he'll show up at the end of it. So Probably have Dana Brooks do it. Muscly the, female. The, the bodybuilding type female, yeah. Okay. I, would, I mean, I would I would assume that would make sense to me, but they do things that doesn't make any sense anymore. So We are 100% guaranteed of seeing Shane McMahon at WrestleMania in in-ring capacity. I am pumped. What about you? <laughs> no. Why? Dude, I don't want this. I do. I really am looking for I've always wanted to see a Shane McMahon match live. I, so, I like I, it when he jumps off things that are really tall. That's fine. This is against AJ Styles, man. Oh, AJ's gonna annihilate him. It's that there is no contest, but no, still, this is but this is a waste of AJ. Not so much a waste of Shane. I don't mind seeing Shane on a, the WrestleMania card. It's just a waste of AJ Styles, the best wrestler in the world, the number one wrestler in the world, in my opinion. So, who would you rather have him face? Who's not booked, or do, I mean, I'd have to rebook the whole thing. I guess I would rather see. I'll make the WWE title triple threat: Orton, Wyatt, AJ. That's how I'd work him in, I guess. And then I'd have. Shane fight? Who would I have Shane fight? I don't know. Big Show. We've seen that. That's oh, ugly. that is true. That's ugly. I don't know. I yeah. don't know, but I don't want to waste AJ. Shane McMahon can fight Mojo Raleigh for all. I- oh, AJ Braun Strowman. How about that? Even though he's he's a raw. Why guy. don't we see Shane Braun Strowman? I mean, that Shane Braun Strowman. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a raw guy. So how would they have? They would have uh, had to know. set it up. Well, you know, they teased us with you know Brock and Shane. Remember at uh, SummerSlam with the Randy Orton finish when he F five Shane. Yeah. So at least it's not. At least they're not wasting Brock with Shane, which might actually have been a better match than what we'll get out of him and Goldberg. We'll have to wait and see. <sighs> Man, that's <laughs> got some big concerns. There's a lot of people that's going to be getting up and walking out before the main event. Oh, don't say that. Swagger has 100% 
been granted his release and is no longer a part of WWE. Yeah, they finally did it. They finally cut him free. And yeah. it was funny because on Raw, they the storyline on Raw was that Mick Foley had to fire someone. And they had fired Swagger like Sunday or earlier in the day Monday. So I thought it would have been funny if, okay, I found someone to fire. It's Jack Swagger. Yeah. And even though he wasn't on the Raw roster, he was a SmackDown guy. Maybe maybe he could convince Stephanie that it was Swagger. You know, Swagger still worked for Raw. That way he wouldn't have to fire anybody. Yeah. Oh, they just wasted Jack Swagger. But, of course, he, he got popped a couple times with wellness violations. So some of the damage to his character was self-inflicted. Yeah. One of the worst world title runs next to Rey Mysterio, I'd say, ever. He's got the amateur background. He's got the look. You know, he's clean-cut baby face. Like, he's he's the guy that fans just love to hate. Well, he could have... And I, I don't... I don't either. They didn't know how to use him or something. I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Anytime he had any momentum going, it just they they fizzled killed it. it out. Yeah. yeah they it. killed it. I so. mean, hell, he he got a shittier deal than uh, than Cody Rhodes. So <laughs> I mean, I don't really absolutely. Yeah, at least Cody Rhodes was featured on TV weekly. Jack yeah. Swagger just disappeared. You don't want to be a former world champion and work in main event and superstars. No. His time's ticking away is the only thing. Curious is to know how old Jack Swagger is now. He was in the company a long time. Yeah, he was in the company almost 10 years, if not longer. Yeah, almost 10 years. He debuted on ECW. WWECW right. in 2008. So, yeah, almost 10 years in the company. He's 34, so he can still, there's still time. Um, but I think he's just so damaged. Look at his character and think about how to re- recharacterize himself, rebrand himself. Yeah, go to the Matt Hardy school of re rethinking your character yeah. and, and just. You don't have to go that route, but uh, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot, you a need, lot of work. Yeah, because they what he did have they shit on so bad. Christopher Daniels wins the ROH World Heavyweight Title. Yeah, and I am pumped about this because I love Christopher Daniels. I one of the most talented wrestlers I think in the business. Christopher Daniels, Shelton Benjamin, Alex Skipper, a lot of those guys have pulled off stuff and done done matches that are just completely mind blowing. And he had an excellent match at age forty five, gonna turn forty six this week. Yeah. So uh very impressive. It also means I do believe that Adam Cole is on his way out. I believe that's what that means for ROH. ROH put on a great show as usual, and yes, Christopher Daniels, one of those. I guess now that Sting has, you know, done his WWE match, and AJ Styles, you know, has done his, you know, WWE run. Christopher Daniels is the one guy left that, you know, never. Yeah. So he was a jobber. He was a jobber on Sunday Night Heat, Shotgun Saturday Night, and that stuff in the late '90s and early 2000s. So really. He did, so he did appear. They did give him a shot, but you know, you don't really count that as, you know. Yeah. They never met you we never met the real Christopher Daniels on WWF WWE television. So. You never saw the real Christopher Daniels till till Ring of Honor. And so Right. The prophecy, yeah. the angel. Yeah, the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, yeah. That's right. Congratulations. Yeah, yes. Way to uh, go, dude. Yeah. And I feel like he's got, what'd you say, a good ten years left in him? He's going to be one of these guys, yeah, like he's Terry a, He's Funk, around but. for a while. And this last one, Paige gets hacked. I'm not technically about You're the technical one behind all this. Explain to me what what hacking is and what leaking is and all that stuff. All I know is Facebook just got blown up with it 
couple days ago. This is the first time hearing about it, but uh, someone probably got... Apparently it was a lot of celebrities involved. She just happened to be one of the ones. Oh, that's right. Emma Watson, Amanda Seyfried, including Emma Watson. Yeah, this happens to female celebrities all the time. They get hacked. Videos of a explicit nature. Pictures of an explicit nature involving Brad Maddox and uh, Xavier Woods. Yeah, there's lots of ways that they can hack your uh, phone, hack into your phone, uh, or hack into your computer. Uh, one popular way is uh, a, a method called key logging, which is when software is installed on your computer or on your phone that registers every keystroke. So then they can see the, the words and the phrases you type the most and use those to eventually guess your passwords to whatever they need, whether it be iCloud, which is where all this stuff goes because on your phone, even with Android phones, a lot of the times it, it's backed up on a cloud service. And so then they can just go right in there, get what they want and then publish it. And so it's not its not hard to do. Uh, and unfortunately, it only seems to... Well, I say it only happens to female celebrities. I mean, Seth Rollins' ex-girlfriend shared a picture of his... Uh, his uh private areas a couple years ago yeah. so which that wasn't a hack that was sent to her she decided to share it but uh what's dude smackdown host tom phillips tom phillips yeah happened to tom phillips the same way a girlfriend uh well his his fiance caught him cheating and then shared all of uh his explicit text messages online so i catch a lot of heat for this a lot of times if you don't want something out there don't take a picture like that. Yeah. Don't take a video of that. Yeah. I know that people say that that's like slut shaming or something or that I'm, but if you don't want it out there, don't do it. Yeah. Or if you honestly get a Polaroid camera. Some, I mean, it's safer to actually have printed photos than it is to have something stored somewhere online or on a hard drive somewhere because people can get into that. But like a trapper keeper full of naked photos, like that's in a safe somewhere, that's going to be harder yeah. to get a hold of. So, but like I said, I mean, that's just always my reaction to all these things. I do feel sorry for them. It's an invasion of privacy. If you don't want it out there, don't don't let it happen. Page comes out to reply in the fact that it was an invasion of her privacy. She did not do it on her own. Her mother makes a tweet in regards to her to it as well, saying she's going to support her her daughter no matter what. And I'm no conspiracy theorist. Paige really wants to be released from this company. And that's why she's failed drug tests. She's dating Alberto Del Rio. She wants a release. She wants out. So do you and think she did it on herself? Because a lot of people are saying Brad Maddox did it, it says. Oh, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I don't. And and who who the hell is Brad Maddox? Did I miss this dude? He was. I remember he Vicky was a, Guerrero's assistant on SmackDown. Okay. All he I was remember was him in a ref shirt to screw a match up, and that was it. He was there and then gone. I yeah, he was like an evil ref. Okay. For a little while. All right. I I didn't know any details about him anyway. This is so. the first time hearing of it. Who knows? Who knows? And they, you know they're weird about how they handle this stuff because you know they're world champions. Seth Rollins, yeah, it wasn't a hacked picture, but it was a picture of the guy's junk out there on the internet. Right. And nothing happened to him. Right. So maybe they don't find... And also, if this was a hack, these are private photos that weren't meant to be... Maybe they view that differently than, than other things. But I, I agree... You know, but this is the same company that suspends Titus O'Neil for grabbing an arm for 60 days. So, how they handle situations, it just... It's however Vince feels at that second, in that moment. There's rumors that uh, on SmackDown that uh, Moro Ronaldo was pulled, not for... 
They explained it as the blizzard. There's a massive blizzard in the Northeast earlier this week. Yes. And uh, that's they explained that's why he wasn't there. So we actually had... And David Otunga wasn't there. He was legitimately stopped by the blizzard. So we actually had a two-man crew for like the first time in years on SmackDown with JBL and Tom Phillips. Um, wow. So it was almost like Michael Cole and Taz all over again. Yeah. It was It was a throwback to the good old days when we just had two commentators. Um, but now there's talk that Morrow might, this might actually, because there were rumors a few months ago that his contract was coming due and that he has some problems with the company and he didn't like being managed in his ear as much. Michael Cole produces the announcers. Oh. So he probably has a problem with Cole's producing in his ear. I don't know really what's going on. It's all rumors, but we'll see. Tuesday, if Mauro Ronaldo doesn't show up, then there's something definitely going on. He also suffers from bipolar disorder, so it might be something health-wise that's keeping him off TV. So we'll have to just wait yeah. and find out. But that's And, of course, we had the reboot of Impact Wrestling, the, yeah. uh, the reboot show. Which yeah. uh, with the anthem logo now and the new the Alice anthem yeah. logo yeah. and uh, of course the new Brain Trust with uh, Zeb Coulter, Dutch Mantel, uh, Jeff Jarrett's back in the in the picture. What's his name? Brother Love. And now with the departure of the Hardys and the departure of well, Maria uh, Canellis and the departure of all their stars. Alberto Del Rio is as, apparently their world champ. Okay, now so Lashley still has this belt, but I think. The taping hasn't aired yet. Yeah, it hasn't aired yet, I guess. There have been so many weird stories with Paige and Alberto Del Rio over well, the hell, last year. He's he's still married. <laughs> so That's what blows my mind. He's still married, and he's running around with her. And letting her be a stepmother to his kids. Well, Patrick, can you think of any WrestleMania matches that we waited 13 years to see a WrestleMania rematch in between? The oh. longest I can think of was 10. Right. Which they tried to tell us that Triple H and Undertaker at X7 never happened. Yeah. At WrestleMania 27. So technically, we didn't wait 10 years. That never, that first match never happened. Right. In WWE folklore. Even though at Access, they have the big <laughs> sign or the big tombstone with in like Undertaker's graveyard for Triple, Triple H, H. Yes. WrestleMania X7. So this was my pick for this week, WrestleMania 20, uh, because... Where it all begins again. Which, by the way, that tagline, <laughs> beginning again. Once it has begun, it can only end. Oh, hell, he's getting all philosophical on us, folks. No, it's just, I begin, I can pause, but I can't begin again. Once I've started, once the ball is rolling, I cannot re-begin. You say that, but TNA seems to figure out how to do it every damn year. I'm just saying the phrasing, where it all begins again, doesn't make a lot of sense. But neither does granddaddy of them all, showcase of the immortals, anything else you want to put on this thing. We head back to March 14th, 2004. So man, WrestleMania used to be earlier in the year. Uh, We head back to Madison Square Garden. Do you think they'll ever run Madison Square Garden for a WrestleMania again? I don't think they will. Yeah, I think they'll do 50. Vince will be long gone by then, though. They'll still, WrestleMania will still be around. They'll run WrestleMania 50. I think it's too small a venue for them now. Because when they went back to New York, they did the uh, MetLife Stadium. They did the Giants Stadium. They'll find a way. They will find a way. Because how many times is... Has the uh, Madison Square Garden been rebuilt? Oh, I mean, they renovate it. I mean, they keep it. It's like a landmark. I yeah. mean, they, they keep... 
they keep making it bigger, right? They keep raising ticket prices, I'm sure, to, to with the limited space that they have. Right. And selling luxury boxes and doing that kind of work. So maybe they'll go back. But I don't I don't see it anytime soon. Yeah, you're right. I mean the next time could probably be fifty. But that's what are we? We're that at thirty three. So that would in my opinion seventeen that would be years the, from now. In my opinion, that would be the, the best place to do it. The sponsor for WrestleMania 20 is, of course, Snickers. Yeah, it's not PlayStation. And Snickers is also sponsoring WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, Florida. Really? So we have the same candy bar here, just <laughs> like we have the same match, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. The theme song for this year, uh, WrestleMania 20, 2004, where it all begins again, is Step Up by Drowning Pool, and I hope you like it because you'll be hearing it all night long in every single promo. So, okay. <laughs> Time out. This is my bitch fest for a second. Because I have not realized it since our past, like, the ones we've been going over with, with you know, Survivor Series we did, and then with Rumble we did, and we took a break with mine with uh, Starcade 85, but this one as well. When they have theme songs, they love to pipe that crap in every two seconds in between matches. Yes. They want to remind you constantly. And they didn't even bring the band in to perform the song. Right? Well, MSG is too small. Are they venue. doing that this year? I'm afraid so this year, Patrick, because we are going to be treated to a Tanash performance. So we will have a concert set. Okay, that's I don't what, know who Tanash is. I don't either. That's when I'm going to the bathroom. Uh, somebody is singing America the Beautiful. Maybe. This year. Some years they skip it. No, they announced somebody. That might be her singing that. I don't. Okay. Because the official song for this year's WrestleMania, the WrestleMania 33, is Greenlight by Pitbull. And I don't think he's going to be there. No. He, he is Mr. 305, so he's Mr. Miami. And this is in Orlando, so it's not that far away. But I don't think Pitbull's going to be showing up. Also, the theme song, the secondary theme song for WrestleMania 20 was Touche by Godsmack. But on the network version, you won't be hearing that. That got dubbed over. The attendance tonight, March 14, 2004 at MSG, is 18500 And I bet they charged an arm and a leg for tickets for this Oh, thing. yeah. Yeah. Because it's the 20th one, Patrick. It has a zero or a five at the end of it, so you know it's special. Fink brings in the Boys Choir of Harlem to sing America the Beautiful. Of course, this is when they run their uh, America images, you know, Statue of Liberty, flags. Does this make me sound like a bad American that I fast forward through this? (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing. I just wanted to make sure. Wanted to make sure. I know the song. I just wanted to make sure because I was like, oh, I really don't want to sit through this. And yeah. Streamers come down from the rafters. It wouldn't be the only time we saw the streamers come down from the rafters. No, those, they packed those things like crazy. There must have been, their streamer budget for WrestleMania 20 was through the roof. Had to be. Then the promo, of course, that relives all the WrestleMania moments, and it all started with one man, Patrick, one man's vision, Vince McMahon, who just steps in front of the camera and just, we get a close-up view of his beautiful face. And then we go into the montage of all those WrestleMania moments, like Hogan and Andre, and Muhammad Ali, Ultimate Warrior, yeah, Austin winning the belt, Andre, WrestleMania 1. Well, tonight, Patrick, it all begins again. Again, and then it ends on a shot with Vince and Shane's kid, so that you know the next. Yeah, Vince, Vince, Shane, and then and then Shane's oldest son, and so So that uh, way you know the McMahons will be continuing. 
three generations. <laughs> I, For the McMahon the, family name, we'll to, continue. To tell you the truth, I kind of thought that was a little cool. I thought it was creepy. The, really? The way Vince, lo- Vince interacting with a baby is just very <laughs> weird looking to me. And the fact that it's silent and he does there's like nothing. You know, he just kind of looks at the camera and looks at the baby. I just, I found it to be kind of an odd Really? Shot. And he's done this baby thing a couple times, I think. He did it in in front of another WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure. Really? So, uh, I kind of... I don't like WrestleMania start-offs. They put way too much emphasis on them. X7, I like. Oh, because the Freddy Blassie talk over? The, uh, yes. Oh, the... Oh, the that one, was the WrestleMania around the world where they're watching it on yeah, all the TVs? Yeah. I, and, loved, I loved that one. I loved, uh, I liked this one. I liked... Uh, oh, I thought this one was really good. I, I really... And there's a lot of them I don't, but this one, like like you said, that was... Oh. I see kind of how you see it creepy. No, 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 no. But, just that closing shot. But with it, like, three generations of McMahon and where it all begins again, like, with the, the whole logo and everything, or with the whole, like... I don't know. I, I thought it all fit perfect. I thought it was very well done. I thought in my oh, it's all the production's always expert out. opinion. They had actually thought this one out instead of just throwing some shit together. Like I like did. this one a lot better than twenty three's uh, all grown up or thirty, where they're just riding on a Mardi Gras float down the middle of an empty Bourbon Street. <laughs> I don't remember that one. That was bad. Yeah, that that was bad. So the drowning pool step up is our theme song. Raw and SmackDown present WrestleMania 20. Jr. and King welcome us. Then we show off, of course, the Spanish announce table. Carlos Cabrera. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? This man, him, and Hugo Savinovich should both be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Hugo doesn't do it anymore, though, I don't think. He doesn't, but he did it for a long time. Like, almost 25 years, yeah. But Carlos Cabrera's still there. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I agree. They should be. Him and, um... Oh, uh... The French announcer. The French announce team. Uh, Jacques Rougeau. Jacques Rougeau. He's held backstage. He's announced. He's wrestled. He's even refereed under straight referee shirt. No, without people realizing it was him just because they were short that night. That man should be in the Hall of Fame as well. Remember the Ultimate Warriors speech when he said the Warrior Award should point out people that work backstage? That was the original intention of the Warrior Award, and then they turned it into cancer patients and sad stories. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be for the boys in the back and the boys, like you say, that they don't get the recognition that they deserve. So that's what he proposed, but they've turned it into what they've turned it into. Which it's fine the way it is, but it's just not what he talked about himself. Of course, Taz and Cole will call the SmackDown matches. But for all, we get the one and only team of Jerry the King Lawler and good old JR. The way it should be. The way it should be. That This is how every WrestleMania should be called. It's true. And tonight is the first of interpromotional matches Uh-oh. at WrestleMania. And guess who gets to call those? Well, that would be, for the most part, JR and King. Word life. It's basic thugonomics. Guess who's jerking the curtain at WrestleMania? It's John Cena. Cena comes out and he does the slowest rap. It reminds me of Enzo Amore's speech yes. because Enzo sort of raps, but in it, 
really slowly. Yeah. And, like, you could tell Cena just did not want to fuck this up. Yeah. Well, it was such a long walk, number one. Yeah. He didn't want to screw it up because it was WrestleMania number two, unlike someone did later on in in the show. And number three, he was just, he wanted to make sure that he got every <laughs> word out perfectly just so he could throw that last line in. Cena chance, Phil Madison Square Garden. Wow. Cena was so over here. You should, you should dub in his, his rap. I will. You will get to hear Cena's slow rap because just like he did at the Royal Rumble, he of course includes a line about a penis. He says he's itching to beat the big show like a penis with an STD. You got the franchise player on the Super Bowl stage. So get that gorilla big show out of his cage. Ain't no way that I'm going to lose to that King Kong ripoff. That's like Gary Coleman beating Patrick Ewing in a tip-off. Big Show's really an ape with opposable thumbs. And he stuffs his singlet. Looks like he's smuggling plums. Yo. Everybody knows that he can't see me. I'm itching to beat him like a penis with a STD. I'm not even wrestling the big show. This whole thing's a charade. My match is with the hippo float from the Macy's parade. So it's time to get a championship to match these custom knucks. Madison Square, chant it loud, baby! Big Show sucks! That's so wrong. What does that... I what is his obsession... I don't know. ...with diseased dicks... I don't know. ...in everything? I don't know. The last time we spoke with Thugonomics... And ladies and gentlemen, Cena, ladies and gentlemen, you let him hang out with sick kids, just so you know. Yeah, now he's, he's Mr. Make-A-Wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on our on that rumble that we reviewed, the Scott Steiner rumble... Yeah. He, had, he came out, he rapped about a swollen penis. Yes. You just can't beat it. You just can't beat it. And now you're, he's itching to beat Big Show like a penis with an STD. So there you go. This guy, I hope that he didn't write these raps. I hope that Vince McMahon wrote these raps because these sound like dick jokes that Vince would find hilarious. So At the end of his slow rap, he gets a Big Show sucks chant going. Poor Big Show. His WrestleMania record might be the worst in history. The U.S. belt. Has he won at WrestleMania? <laughs> now that you bring that up, I'm sitting here thinking. He has, I don't think he has. No, he even lost the Samoan, the like, sumo. sumo match. Oh, man, that's oh, bad. He's hold a, on. He did win just a couple years ago. Andre Battle Royal. But before that, his record, I'd have to pull he up. He lost big... to Mayweather, too. Yeah. Damn. He was going to lose to O'Neal this year, too, but, you know. Shaquille didn't want to. He's won four matches. He's lost nine. No, at WrestleMania 15, he he lost he to lost, Mankind. Yeah. At WrestleMania 2000, he lost the four-way. At WrestleMania X7, he lost the hardcore match. WrestleMania 19, he lost to Taker. WrestleMania 20, the one we're about to review, spoiler alert, he loses to John Cena. He loses to the sumo wrestler at WrestleMania 21. His first win came at WrestleMania 22. 
When Big Show teamed up with Kane, they were tag champions. They defeated Chris Masters and Carlito. That was his... Wow, what a win. At WrestleMania 24, he defeat, he was defeated by Floyd Mayweather. WrestleMania 25, he lost to Big Show and Edge. Well, he is Big Show. He lost to Edge and Cena. He won another tag match. At 26. Yes, against... R-Truth and, and John, John Morrison. Morrison. Oh, that was Show Miz. Show Miz yes. beat... Big Show and Miz. Yes. 27, he lost to the core. Oh, he was in that eight-man tag against the core. No, he won. Oh, they he beat won? the core. They beat the core. Okay. And his fourth and final win happened at 28 when, oh no, he defeated Cody Rhodes for the IC belt Woo! at WrestleMania 28. <laughs> that, that, that probably is why Cody had to do the Stardust gimmick. <laughs> Lost at WrestleMania 29. He's had more matches since then, so this isn't even up to stuff here. But that's at least the four The four he's won. Plus the Andre Battle Royal. Plus the Andre Battle Royal. And he is confirmed in this year's Andre Battle Royal. I do have a feeling he's going to be our first two-time winner of it. Not if Braun Strowman's in there. A terrible winning Ooh. percentage. That's bad. At least, though, at least he didn't lose to Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 12. In like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Triple H. Suck it. I'm sure Big Show <laughs> reminds him all the time. Big Show, he is in terrible shape. And the U.S. title looks tiny on his gigantic shoulder. He's given up on the pants look, though. At least he's given up on the pants. But he still has that mustache mutton chop thing going on. That's 70s, so, 70s throwback. 70s porn stash. This is John Cena's first WrestleMania. Though he was in the company last year, he did not make it to the showcase of the Immortals. He did show up last year? or he Remember, was, he was in the Rumble in 2003. Wasn't on the card for WrestleMania Wasn't 19. on the card for WrestleMania 19. That's when he was in the tag team with B-Squared, though. So they probably just didn't have a spot for... Uh, That's your boy right there, B-Squared. B-Squared. Cena here looks significantly smaller than he is today. His chest size. His chest area. His arms, too. Yeah. He, he looked deflated. It kind of looks like somebody popped the balloon. <laughs> like, yeah. Or someone hasn't injected that balloon with some helium yet. Someone hasn't blown the Cena balloon up yet. Is that he considered right. part-time now? Because I'm thinking maybe, you know. Boy, that vein on his shoulder is getting larger and larger every time he wrestles. So maybe he's... Well, plus he's the face of the franchise. I mean, how often are they going to show up with to ask him to pee in a cup? The whole company depends on this guy. Pretty much. That's true. He's always claimed it. He's always been clean, though. Yeah, hey, and he may have. Yeah. Uh, he, this he, might really, have, he really may have. He is a guy that's obsessed with working I have out. watched his workout sessions. It's ridiculous. It is. It's insane. So he, we're not saying that guarantee he is. We're just strictly... I'm just looking at pictures. Yeah. And by the way, this is 13 years ago, so people do change over time. Big Show catches a Cena top rope crossbody and slams Cena for a two count. We get Let's Go Cena chants. Wow, the crowd. This is not going to happen this year at Mania. Well, it might, since it's a mixed tag match with Maurice and The Miz and Nikki Bella and Cena. I mean, people aren't going to say Let's Go Miz. We will. <laughs> yeah, we saw him. Yeah, he's our boy. We got to see him main event, damn it, and win. <laughs> this is a can't get the big man off his feet match. Cena just bumps around Big Show. Yeah. 
Show chokes Cena with his boot. He vertical suplexes Cena for two, so quite impressed with that big show. Cena fires up temporarily until Show catches him with a big boot that was almost like a uh, super kick. It was very weird to see Big Show do that. Big Show does a standing leg drop to Cena for a two count. Cena then catches Big Show in a sleeper, but Show can just knock him off his back like a fly, and then he clotheslines him. Big Show locks in the Cobra Clutch, because of course Sergeant Slaughter went in the Hall of Fame in 2004, so this was Big Show's tribute to uh, Mr. Slaughter. Cena? He just punches out of it. Show locks it in again, this time on the mat while Cena's down. Cena hulks up and punches Show multiple times before drop kicking his knees. Oh, the big man is down. Uh-oh. An FU on Big Show, which gets a reaction because it's like the first time we've probably seen it. In an attitude adjustment. Oh, yeah. right. I'm sorry. It's not... Now it's an attitude adjustment. Because we can't call it an FU. Right. <laughs> One... Two, and... Oh, he kicks out. Son of a bitch. This big show. This motherfucker. <laughs> he kicked out of the F5 against Lesnar. He's kicking out of the FU against Cena. Yep. He's the first man to beat Lesnar. Just lose. Just lo You're gonna lose anyway. You know, you're trying to make Cena into this star. The crowd was so impressed by it. Just let the match in there. That was the place to end the match. Big Show is now the first person to ever kick out of the FU. Another dis another honor that this man holds the, of his very strange records, you know, that he holds in this company. He does have some weird ones. Cena? Goes to get his chain, of course, like a good face would, right? So right. He tells Jimmy Corderas, hey, you can't see me, so you can't see me going for this chain. Jimmy Corderas can see him going for this chain. So what does Cena do? He tosses it away, and Jimmy Corderas follows the chain. He needs to get it out of the ring. Right. He's, he's being a good ref. Uh, I would have done the same thing. But Cena grabs some brass knucks instead. His thug life, uh, his thug life rings. Thugonomics, uh... Nux. I yeah. guess you could get those in the shop zone at the time, probably. He pops Big Show in the face with it, hits him with another FU, and wins the match in 914 with his U.S. belt that would soon be custom designed just for John Cena. The spinner, the, the spinner. start of the spinner U.S. Yeah. belt. I would say for a long time, he was the most significant U.S. champion. I mean, for them to redesign the U.S. belt for this guy. I mean, I mean Jericho does... It's an afterthought on Jericho right now, and it's just been treated as an afterthought for years. I mean, when it, I think Rusev gave it some credibility when he had it. Well, that's when he was, but he was battling Cena, Cena. for it, so they kept swapping it back and forth. So, but this was the last time I think a guy was really yeah pushed with it. I guess. Can you think of someone else that like used the U.S. title after Cena as a stepping stone? Not after. I remember. Well, before, of course. Yeah, yeah. before you had you know guys like Magnum T.A. You Goldberg, had Goldberg, Sting, where that U.S. title bumped them up into a whole nother level. Nikita Koloff. Uh, Booker T. Yeah. So, uh, but after, no, I think you're right. So what do you think of this match, Patrick? <sighs> Too much like Andre and Hogan. <laughs> what do you mean? Every big show match. No. At this, WrestleMania. This, because of where it all begins again, the significance of picking Big Show up just for that FU or attitude adjustment. Because remember, he tried and he collapsed. Oh, my back. He tried again. Oh, I can't, I can't do it. And finally gets him up just like he's, you know, scoop slamming Andre. Finally picks him up and hits it. And you're thinking, oh, he's, he's going to do it. Mm. No. 
kicked out. I thought it was fine. I thought the match was fine. It didn't. That Andre recreating that slam though has been done so many times. They've I mean, tried it on so many things though. With too. so many people, right? So. What was the WrestleMania we watched? 23, when 23. Uh, Kane does it to Kali. Yeah, and Kali couldn't even take it. <laughs> Luger and Zuna. Yeah. Which he couldn't even get Zuna all the way over for yeah, a real yes, slam. Yeah, Zuna, he couldn't, yeah. Yeah, so they, they've tried to recreate that many times, but I didn't feel this was so blatantly... And and at the time, it still hadn't been done to where it is now, where yeah. we're 13 years and we see it so many more all times. All the time. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Yeah, so I, I didn't have a problem with this. I thought the... I thought it was a good idea because Cena was so hot at the time to send him out there as the opener. Oh, I agree with match placement, and I think the match needed to happen. I just felt like the way in which they went, it was more along the lines of, "Hey, we wanna, we wanna significantly, we want you to do this type in the match." It wasn't like they had any say so. It was kind of a WWE call, or the way it looked like in my opinion. Coach is walking. He walks by all the road agents, and then he walks by Teddy Long, and then he finds Eric Bischoff chatting it up with Johnny Nitro. Who is Johnny Nitro? Exactly. Who is Johnny Nitro? Johnny Nitro becomes Johnny Morrison. That's right. Then he becomes Johnny Mundo. Right. Because he's all over the world. Some of the sickest abs in the business. (laughs) So Coach interrupts them. Yes. And uh, Bischoff says, hey, Coach, go find The Undertaker. And Coach says, that's a bad idea. Boss, I I don't feel comfortable doing that. But he does it anyway. I love Eric Bischoff. Well, you know what? Get comfortable. Go. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's funny. Then we go to a pre-tape promo with Randy Orton and Evolution. This was done very well. It took too fucking long. And yes, really? it recapped every step of the feud. There, If you were confused about the feud after this, you were an idiot. Because this, this promo took like five minutes. Yeah. Here we are at WrestleMania 20, where it all begins again. Now, Mick, isn't that ironic, where it all begins again? I mean, right here in Madison Square Garden is where I established myself as the new hardcore legend when I took you out. I beat you back to this very point, Mick, and I kicked you down these stairs. But you couldn't let it end there, could you, Mick? You couldn't let it end there. You had to come and challenge me for my intercontinental title, only to realize that you were overmatched. And what did you do, Mick? Then you decided you were angry, and you came back to challenge me again, only to have me spit right in your face. There you go! Now I appreciate the fact, Mick, that you're trying to hang on to some shred of what you once were. And you don't want to acknowledge the fact that your time has passed. But it has, Mick. It's just life. It's just... It's just evolution. We've passed you by, Mick. And we've proved it time and time again. Night after night. Beating after beating. Quite frankly, Mick, we were getting a little bored with beating you up. (laughs) And I guess you were too. So you decided to go call Hollywood for help. You called The Rock. And we beat him down too. So here we are, the great Rock and Sock connection versus Evolution at WrestleMania 20. And how fitting that on the biggest stage of them all, we can prove to the entire world that Mick Foley and The Rock are nothing but a couple washed up has-beens whose time has passed. It's our time now, it's Randy Orton's time. 
It's evolution's time, and nothing can stop us from making history tonight. It all began last June here in Madison Square Garden. And tonight at WrestleMania 20, it all begins again. But it was done so well with cutting in the videos and cutting in the... They would come at different angles at Andy. Yeah. Or Andy. They would come at different angles at Randy, and they'd come at... Then they'd shoot him from a different angle, and then they'd be, this is the staircase I shoved you down. And then and they'd pull back and show Batista and Flair standing with him. It was... I thought it was done beautifully. It just dragged on for oh, me. Oh, it did drag, but, I mean... And it was... It was just too long. I don't need the entire life story of Mick Foley and Randy Orton. Well, a couple of a couple of the video clips they could have done without. We could have skipped that. Yeah. And then why even mention the Rock's involved? Like they just they kind of throw in the Rock at the last minute. Like oh, and then you call the Rock for help. Well, this you this match was, which is sad. This match was a throw together about two weeks beforehand as like, oh, well, he needs a WrestleMania moment. Foley still hadn't has, hasn't had a WrestleMania moment, so let's give him let's give him this one. This one. <laughs> well, I, and then, uh, then they're like, well, shit, he's in evolution. I guess we need to call The Rock. The Rock will help add to the WrestleMania moment, so they called Rock. This match was built strictly around Foley getting that WrestleMania moment. This match... I mean, really. But the match was built around pushing Randy Orton as the next star. Foley was going to lose, but it was to give him plenty of time and spots to get that WrestleMania moment. Well, he, and it he, failed. It failed. Miserably. Yeah. And because he, he looked like shit. And if you talk to Mick, he'll tell you. He yeah. said, he, he goes, I... He's I, embarrassed about this yeah, match. Uh, this match, yeah. Because he, he flat out says, I screwed up. I ruined a perfectly good opportunity with so much talent standing around me. So Well and also well and that's why he came back and did that tag match with Edge years later. So he could redo his last WrestleMania match basically. Oh that that with the hardcore, flaming table. That, yeah, that hardcore with Edge and Edge and Foley. Yeah. To erase the memory of this because like I said, okay, yeah, you're right. It is it sir this match is to serve two purposes. It's to make us to make Randy Orton to push to He's our next guy. Yeah. And it's also to, yeah, give Mick Foley the standing ovation at the end of the match, which he did not fucking deserve. Because, I'm sorry, he wasn't ready to be in the ring. He looked terrible. Yeah. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> in between, though, Patrick, we get La Resistance. Rene Dupre and Rob Conway are coming out. This is a fatal four-way for the Raw Tag Team titles. Then Jindrak and Garrison Cade, the Dudleys, who get a huge pop from the crowd since it's New York. And for some reason, they're wearing yellow camouflage, which look, looks terrible. Then RVD and Booker T come out to the worst theme song. <laughs> I have ever heard a mashup. It's it's a mash of their two together, and it's it's crap. It's it's bad. I forgot they even held the tag titles. That's yeah, how yeah, bad. I, it, I, I, this is totally. This is another spot in wrestling I wasn't watching all the time. So this is. Oh, I was watching all the time, and I still didn't remember this. This is yes. Yeah. This is this is like it was here and gone, and no one knows about it. The, Oh, yeah, they, and I think these two wrestlers don't want people to remember this either, but the combi- their theme song combination that they whip together, you know, I like how they do it sometimes when they start a theme song and then transition to the other one. Well, how they do, like, Kane and, and Takers, or how they do, yeah, like... Yeah, Brothers of Destruction. Or how they did, like, uh, Show Miz with Big Show. Well, it's the Big Show, and then it hit Miz's oh, clapping. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's it's done well. This, this was not done well. <laughs> no, this was like take all the good parts of the Harlem Heat song, get rid of that. Yeah. Take all the good parts of the Rob Van Dam song, get rid of that. And here's what it turned into. It turned into Can you dig it? Play the game. Can you dig it? Play the game. It was the worst. <laughs> thing I've ever heard for a theme song that they it's not a dubbed over this was that they this was their they tried to get this over as their theme song yeah, it was terrible is, <laughs> you should try to find and it and pipe it in. <laughs> it's I, I hope it's not I hope they didn't record this anyway like this shouldn't be on any like ruthless aggression or any of those CDs I don't think so. holy shit this is bad I was glad to see Garrison Cade. Oh, Garrison Cade, yes. Who was a real... Shawn Michaels student. Lance Cade was his, you know... Unfortunately, has yet passed away. I was happy to see him in this match. The RVD Booker T theme song sucks so bad that the crowd actually gets silent because they don't <laughs> know who is coming out. Sudden death rules here. It's the first pinfall or submission to win. You can tag anyone. Don't have to and tag And they can your... tag you. Yes. So why don't you just tag your partner and pin him? See, I was thinking the exact same thing. Here's the problem with that. Either number one, you say you eliminated yourself... Like, oh, I lost. Or, but did you win? <laughs> You've just blown my mind, in See? a way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. You lost and you won at the same time. How can that happen? So who really who really holds those titles? Yeah, they probably become vacant. Yeah. You'd probably lose them. Or do you just eliminate that team and move on? Well, that's how I've always felt they should do with triple threats and not just be no DQ. If, like, someone gets DQ'd, they're just out of the match, and then we have a singles match. Yeah. But they don't do it that way. Last year, at WrestleMania 19, Booker was in a world title match. My, how quickly things can change in pro wrestling when you're... One year, you are in a match with Triple H for the world title... It was a bad match, though. Let's, oh, let's yeah, clarify. He did hit the Harlem Hangover. I think it was the last time we saw the Harlem Hangover from the top rope. And now he's in the Raw Tag Team Titles match. So here we go. Things start out. RVD and Booker dispose of Law Resistance quickly. Then Bubba tags in. Bubba and Booker fight for a little while. The crowd chant, we want tables. They would not get tables. Bubba hits a neckbreaker on Booker for a two count. Bubba tries his signature punches where he grabs his crotch and then punches him in the face. But he gets countered, so he doesn't even get to do that. The ref loses control. Cade and Jindrak get some shine on Booker for a second before B being beaten down and tagged out. Rob Conway ends up in the ring with Booker, who locks in an endless knee-to-the-back rest hold on Booker, and this kills the crowd. Booker hits an Arn Anderson spine buster on Rob Conway, but the crowd, they're chanting for RVD. All they want is RVD. RVD finally makes a tag, and he takes out everyone with spinning kicks. He even splashes the Dudleys off the apron, and they weren't even in the match. They were standing on the apron. He goes up to the top for the five-star frog splash on Conway, but gets shoved to the ring mats by Devon. Bubba and Devon try to 3D on Booker, but but Cade breaks it up. Conway is still legal, with Booker legal somehow. It's hard to keep up with tags in these matches. We get a scissor kick on Conway into a five-star frog splash, and Conway takes the three, and RVD and Booker T retain in 751. And instead of playing that shitty theme, they just play RVD's music at the end because they realized how terrible that... What'd you think about this? It was good. <laughs> this was a TV match. This is a and raw I have, match. I have a little-known fact for you. Okay. Did you know Rob Conway... Uh-huh. Look at me. ...has been in the business... Yeah? ...almost 20 years... Wow. And still wrestles to this day. 
Yeah, and Rene Dupree. Uh, well, he doesn't wrestle anymore, I don't think. I think he may. But Rene Dupree was only like 19 here. So La Resistance. I could be wrong. Rob Conway is 40. So Rob Conway was 30. And Rob yet, Conway is a former NWA heavyweight champion. Just a little side note there. And Rene Dupre. Rene Dupree. Rene Dupre is only 33 years old. So 30, yeah. he was 20 years old in this match. WrestleMania 20. Wow. We, 20 for 20. I really thought Law Resistance was not giving a fair shake on a tag team deal. Because I thought they were entertaining as hell. They reminded, their gimmick reminded me too much of Furnace and LaFon. Who was the other one before Rob Conway, though, that was with them? Law oh, right, yeah, they kicked and they him came out. out. They came out with... Sylvian Grenier. Okay, yes. I remember they came out with Poodles. They walked out with Poodles. Yeah. I just thought that was brilliant because it was something you didn't really see in wrestling. And so it was very... I, I thought it was entertaining. Here's what I would have done differently. Even though they're both face teams, I would have just had Booker and Rob Van Dam take on the Dudley Boys. I, I would have just cut Cade and Jindrak and La Resistance. Well, this was a very young Mark Jindrak, too. A very young Mark Jindrak. I understand. Uh, I feel like Jindrak probably didn't deserve to be in this. Yeah, he was 26. Yeah, I don't think he deserved to be in this match. Or If he did, he was... Really, still really green in the business. It was nice to get a WrestleMania payday. To be imagine being twenty and twenty six and getting WrestleMania paydays. That's true though, because those paydays are pretty good. Well, they used to be back in the pay per view. Uh, yeah, so I just would have cut those two and just made it a regular tag match. The crowd wanted tables. They didn't get tables. They didn't get a three D. Uh, Dudleys are from New York. They would have gotten a huge reaction, win or lose. Yeah. Uh, so I thought they kind of missed an opportunity there. At the same time, it only took 7:51, so can't complain too much about a short, short TV match. We go backstage where Jonathan Coachman asks a stagehand where these weird noises are coming from. They're coming from the boiler room. In his search for the Undertaker, he goes to this sliding door where he finds Mean Gene Okerlund, who's covered in lipstick. And then emerges Bobby Heenan, also covered in lipstick and disheveled, to say the least. Who were they in the boiler room with, Patrick? Each other. They, they, Yeah, no, they were just in there with each other. Wait, but but who is this? Mae Young and Mula. Of course, yes. They were having sex with Mula and Mae Young in the boiler room, which is where you would take a lady at the Madison Square Garden to uh, have a good time. Is that where you take them? I do. That's my spot. At the end of the segment, uh, Mean Gene manages to get away. Meanwhile, Mula and Mae Young kidnap Bobby Heenan for another round I love, of sex. I love how they're pulling him in there. And this is when he is... Oh, he can't he, get the door closed. Well, no, this is when he when he really was sick with throat cancer. Well, he's starting to, yeah. And and he's like, he goes, I, I, I've, been, I've been a sick man. Leave me alone, please. I, I've been a sick man. And he's like pulling the, pulling the door shut. Oh, it was... Well, it's funny because he couldn't shut the door. For his hand was on the outside, and he couldn't shut the door all the way. Go back and watch it. It's and hilarious. It's, it's it is hilarious. Mean Gene? Yes. Mean Gene Oakland. Yes. What are you doing? Uh, for, well, uh, I'm here for the Hall of Fame ceremony tonight. You no, know that. No, 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 no. What are you doing in there, Gene? Well, I've been checking out the pipes. You know, this is Madison Square Garden. We're down in the bowels. Oh, pipes. Yeah. Bob, Bob the Brain Heenan. Hey, how you been? 
wait a second. You, you, you two were just in there. No, it's not what you think, him and I. No, we were... Guys, I heard you. We were playing cards. Yeah. Poker. Poker. Yeah, poker. poker. We were poker. playing poker. He was dealing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, I think I heard other voices in there, guys. I want to know what's going on in there, and I want to know right well, now. There's nothing there's in there. There's nothing going on no. there. Oh, no. Oh. 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 What a small world. Hey. I can't believe it. Hey. 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 Nice seeing you again. How are you? What? Oh, my goodness, no, no, she let me carry here. my puppy. No, they're barking, they're barking. No, thank you. Don't see me a muscle. Don't see me a muscle. Jeez. No, I don't want you to go back. I don't want you to go back. I don't want you to go back. Please, I don't want to go back. I haven't been well. My doctor, my doctor won't want me to go. Come on. No, please, 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 please. Come on, please. What do you think they were doing? In the, I, I think they were playing Naked Twister or something. Oh. I noticed some ditcher burns on Bobby Heenan. This is why Bobby Heenan is arguably the greatest manager of all time. His timing, his skits, his segment. Bobby Heenan is brilliant. Always delivers. Always. We have a love triangle match next. No, that's not a stipulation. It's just a love triangle is what's causing this match. It's Y2J Chris Jericho, who we'll see at WrestleMania 33 versus Kevin Owens, taking on Christian Cage. Well, soon to be Christian Cage. This is his pre-TNA form here, but short hair. He's on his way. And this is with uh, Trish Stratus's love, basically, on the line. Uh... That's the we uh, had a we had a bet one dollar Canadian. She on, exchange rate was better then on whether or not Christian could have sex with Lita before Jericho had sex with Trish. Wonderful. And somehow or another, Lita got dropped out of all this. She might have gotten injured around this time. No Hardys, no Lita around here. Right. And so, Hardys might have been gone by now. And so, but then all of a sudden, Jericho fell in love. He did, and his acting is pretty wonderful. How he. It no. really was, actually. It was pretty entertaining. I have to tell you, I know this whole thing started off as a bet, okay? I know it was one big joke. I could nail Trish before you nailed Lita. Is that so? That's so. Well, I got one dollar. Canadian. Says that you're wrong. But the joke was on me, Trish, because somewhere along the way, I really fell for you. All we were talking about, the feelings that we had, the moments that we shared. I don't think I've ever felt like this before. I can't stop thinking about you. Night and day, all the time. I can't stop thinking about you no matter what I do. I don't want that to stop. They're all real for me, Trish. You know, I don't blame you if, if you never want to talk to me again. I don't blame you if you don't believe me. I was a total jerk and I apologize so much, Trish. I just want to be a part of your life. He was, unfortunately, he was playing the role of, uh, she just wants to be friends, Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, a guy that's, we've all played that role of someone that's just stuck in the friend zone and that's where... Y2J was stuck with Trish Stratus. Meanwhile, Christian realizes that Trish is going to be the Yoko Ono of this group and is going to break Christian and Y2J apart. Tear him up. So he's trying to look out for his friend, and he's trying to just say, listen, let it go. Bischoff needed Christian or Y2J fired from Raw. So they... So he assigned an intergender match between Christian and Trish. Trish, if she won, could get Jericho to stay on Raw. And if Christian won, he could stay on Raw. Now Christian tells Trish 
I'll just lay down for my good buddy Chris Jericho and you can pin me and he can stay here. But instead he double crosses Trish and he beats her down and wins the match and Y2J is expelled, I guess, from Raw. That clothesline that he gave her was brutal. Yeah, it's wonderful uh, man-on-woman violence here. Yeah. This promo, I say, takes forever as well. Are this we going to is... see that this year with possibly <laughs> Maurice so. beating the hell out of Cena? Women can hit men, but men can't hit women, yes. Oh, okay. Because, you know, Stephanie's delivered several slaps to men in the past couple of years. That's true. Christian is out to the most generic rock theme ever. He's almost in his Captain Charisma gear. He's got his short hair. A haircut did wonders for him <laughs> because he was one ugly man with that long hair, but that short hair looks like a totally new guy. Also dropped that weird mesh shirt that he used to wear. Y2J is out to a decent reaction as well. The bell rings with Christian out of the ring. Tim White is refereeing this match. Referee Tim White. That's right. Not... Daily Suicide with Tim White. Not that wonderful segment. It's uh, just Tim White being a referee. That was bad. Jericho hits a side suplex to Christian after hitting him with a few closed fists. Open them fists up, boy. Jericho's tights are pretty dope. I think they're featured in uh, one of the video games. Christian gets tossed to the outside by Jericho. The crowd really loves Jericho. We get Y2J chants. Well, his dad did play for the New York Rangers right here in Madison Square Garden. Jericho takes a leap of faith onto Christian on the outside. He tosses Christian then into the guardrail. They get back into the ring. Christian tries a sunset flip, but Jericho instead looks for the walls. He can't get him, though. Christian then rips some of Chris Jericho's hair right out of his head, which I thought was an asshole thing to do. Um to his best pal. Jericho then tries for the walls again, but Christian rakes his eyes to escape. They accidentally bump heads in the corner. That looked painful. There's probably one of many Christian's concussions that led him to be retired today. Christian gets hit with a running Insiguri from Y2J for a two count. Jericho tries line salt, but's met with knees. Christian tries the unprettier, but Jericho shoots him into the corner where Christian hits a reverse DDT off the top rope onto Chris Jericho like a spinning, like a 360 scorpion death drop. Yeah. It was a very cool move. Jericho looks for a superplex, but Christian counters and is now selling his knee. Christian hits the Ricky Steamboat crossbody, foreshadowing WrestleMania 25. But Jericho rolls through it. Christian puts the Texas Cloverleaf on Jericho. Hey, Dean Malenko. Jericho then puts Christian in the walls, but Christian gets to the rope. Jericho rolls through the ropes with Christian in the walls still and applies it to him on the ring mats outside. Very cool. Jericho hits a double underhook suplex to Christian off the top rope when they get back in the ring. Christian somehow kicks out at two, while Jericho is now selling that his knee is injured. Trish runs down to the ring, but whose side is she on? Christian hits a nasty lifted DDT on Jericho, like a vertical DDT on Chris Jericho. Jericho somehow kicks out at two from this devastating DDT. I still think Trish is there to help Chris Jericho. Of of course you do. Have faith. Keep the faith, my friend. I love triumphs overall. Love wrestling. does conquer all. In wrestling. Christian grabs Trish by the hair, throws her down. That's right. And Jericho says, no way, pal. And he clotheslines Christian out of the ring. Jericho needs to check on Trish. Are you okay? Are you okay? Everything good? But she's turned away from him, slaps him thinking it was Christian coming back to hit her again. No, she elbows him. Or she gives him an elbow, thinking that, of course... Thinking it was Christian, right? Right. Then Christian 
rolls in and rolls up Y2J for the win off of Trish's elbow in what I said was a grueling 15 minutes and 3 seconds. A match that went about twice as long as, as it should have. Of course, because the whole thing is, is the angle. This is just a match about an angle, which I guess all matches are, but this is... This, this one specifically. Hyper-focused on this love triangle. Okay, so here we go. Here's the real match. This is... That 15 minutes you just saw, that was all just for this here at the end. <laughs> Trish apologizes to Y2J. He says, oh, it's okay. It's okay. But then Christian, who was up on the ramp, he's like, hell no. And he runs back down to the ring to distract Jericho. But then Trish slaps Chris Jericho. And that sends him into an unprettier. What? And Christian and Trish are now together. What? Trish has sided with her abuser. What? And the crowd boos, and they can't believe their beloved Trish Stratus would turn heel. What? Christian leaves with his new woman, and they go up the ramp, and he gives her a big fake kiss right there at the top of the ramp. What? He got to kiss Trish? Well, he got to kiss her chin. Absolutely. So there you have it. That was... What? The in Shocking, right? I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> this, this never happens. I am shocked and appalled. Tr Trish is heel? Women never turn on their men in wrestling. Never! What the hell? So, yeah, I thought this match was... It had its moments where it was good, but way too long. Way well, I agree, too yeah. Long. I think they were trying to compete with two more matches that we knew were going to literally steal the show. Yeah, but they were just moving too slow, even for their... They're, they're capable of working much faster yeah. than this. Maybe he didn't want both of these guys good buddies with Chris Benoit. Maybe they didn't want to outshine Benoit or Eddie. They didn't want to outshine them. Maybe they didn't want to steal the show, and that's why. They had to have, like, second place or something, maybe. They yeah, they, their goal, they talked it over beforehand and said, guys, let's go out there and get third best match of the night. Yeah. Or fourth, I guess. Because I kind of like the Cruiserweight Open. We'll get to that later. Oh, did you watch the the DVD that I gave <laughs> you, or did you watch the, the... I watched the network version. Okay, yeah. well then you missed out. I know, I know. <laughs> Lillian Garcia, she's a backstage reporter. She's with Mick. He says he's ready for the match. Then The Rock interrupts. He says he's come back to New York City. He accuses Lillian of looking at his dick. Then he sees Hurricane standing there with, uh, what was, oh, with Rosie. Rosie, Super Rosie. And he calls him, is it the Hurricane or the Hamburglar and Grimace? Then he sees Don Morocco and Superfly Snooka. Then he sends the camera out to get a shot of the crowd. And then he says, if you smell it, the rock is cooking, basically. It was not the best rock promo that he had. If you delivered. smell it, the rock and sock. He phoned it in here. Mick? Or no, Rob, both. Both. Yeah, Mick was, uh, you know, I seen, I seen Mick's praises on a lot of his mic work and a lot of his segment work. Oh, this past week's Raw was excellent. I don't know if he was just scared about the match coming up next or if he was just trying to, like, get in the zone or what. But, yeah, Mick, Mick was just phoning it in. Mick really technically didn't want to be bothered doing this. I think he was all business. Yeah. And maybe he got too hyped for the match. Who knows? That does happen. <laughs> I mean, believe it or not, that does happen. You get too hyped, too nervous, too worked up, and you, you basically set yourself up to fail. Evolution is out first. This is, will be a three-on-two handicap match. It's Orton Batista and Ric Flair versus the Rock and Sock connection. Do you know how I would have rebooked this, Patrick? How would you have rebooked this? Instead of 
this whatever this was. This match. Yes. Go back two years from WrestleMania 20. WrestleMania 18. Right. There was this match between The Rock and a certain other legend that electrified the crowd and brought people to their feet. And that would be Hulk Hogan and The Rock. Right. I would have booked this singles match, Flair, Rock. And I would have made Flair tear into The Rock about leaving for Hollywood that he's put in 30 years, flying all over the world, defending titles. He's the 16-time champ. He's the man. The Rock's just a Holly, He's just a poser. He's a fake. He's a fraud. Which is what Cena would later... It's the same storyline Cena used later on, you yeah. know, 10 years later. But yeah. I... For that... Mo- and have Ric Flair's WrestleMania entrance with The Rock in Madison Square Garden. I agree. One-on-one. And because their moments in the matches together, in this match together, oh yeah, they're, were, that was the highlight yeah. of the match. Yeah, yeah, That's what I would have booked instead. I would have rather have seen Rock and Flair and then do Randy Orton and Foley in like a uh, hardcore type deal. They did one at Taboo Tuesday later that year, I think, that was stole the show. Or it might have been Backlash. I think it was Backlash. Yeah, the, I think he they they did they did some serious hardcore stuff and it, it stole the show. Had they had that here, mix 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 WrestleMania moment was set. It would have been yeah. Even if he lost, if yeah. he had a great match, it would have been yeah better than what happened here. Yeah. So Foley is out next. He looks terrible. And of that, of course, since he comes out by himself, that you know, The Rock's not going to come out, you know, with McFoley. He needs his own entrance. Of course. I think The Rock and Salt Connection needed their own music. Just saying. <laughs> well, they didn't even do some of The Rock and Salt Connection bits, you know, with no. uh, Rocco. Mister Rocco didn't make an appearance no. in this match. Nope. They didn't do the uh, the People's Elbow with. Uh, with Mick joining in like yeah. they used to, yeah, they didn't hit their uh, double team stuff. It was it was literally it was built around we're going to throw these guys out there and Mick dictate. Mick called the shots for this entire match, and because they wanted Mick to get that WrestleMania moment, and unfortunately it failed miserably. Yeah, this fell flat on his face. Rock has a goatee by the way, which I looks terrible on him. <laughs> the crowd. Doesn't get to bask in his entrance, you know, his typical ring pose because evolution's in the ring. So The Rock can't even get on the turnbuckle. So that kind of... Already we're off to a bad start because The Rock can't get his pose in. Rock and Sock clear out the heels. Flair and Rock are in the ring. Wow, this should have been the singles match. Rick imitates Flair's strut for a second. And then Flair just stares at him and woos because... Hey man, that's my that's my thing. This is only Flair's third WrestleMania, and this is how he was used. Of course, WrestleMania seven. Of course, at twenty three, he was on the pre-show, so this would not. No, are you sure? Well, I mean, that's later on. No, WrestleMania seven with Savage. Savage, right? WrestleMania eighteen with Taker. WrestleMania nineteen pre-show with Carlito. No, that was that was twenty three. That was twenty three. Yeah, because we talked about it. That oh, okay, the year right. before he had his retirement right, match, right, he was on right. the fucking pre-show. That's right, that's right, that's right. And this is how they used him. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Flair thumbs rock. Wait, hang on. So you had Ric Flair in the company for WrestleMania 19, and you didn't put him on the card for WrestleMania 19? Well, that's... 
Let me scroll back. You had the well, greatest... he was in the G- he was in the GM role at that time, I think, right? No, he was in the GM role. No, he was he... managing Triple H. This is when Triple H had to argue to get him back into the ring. Okay, all right. So technically, his fourth WrestleMania, but not in ring capacity. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Proceed. I that just blew my mind for a minute. Like, why would you have? the greatest of all time and not Use have him. Yeah. Well, that like I say, I fault Triple H for a lot of things, but getting Flair back in the ring was, thank goodness, somebody the, did it. Yeah, one of the best moves. Flair thumbs Rock in the eye on the outside, then Rock back body drops him, and Cactus Jack out of nowhere does his running elbow drop off the ring apron. This is why Mick needs hip surgery. <laughs> yes, this... Lots. I mean, Mick looks a million times better today, though, than he did here in 2004. Oh, I agree. I agree. Orton tags in. Foley wants him, so of course he tags in. Orton runs away to goad Foley to fight him on the outside. He does, so Evolution triple team him. They get back in the ring. Foley hits a running elbow drop on Orton. Ross, Jim Ross, covers for Mick and says he's in good condition, the best condition he's seen him in in like four years, he says. <laughs> he hasn't been paying any attention. That's that's miserable. Go on. Uh, that's miserable. That's That's bad. Well, that, he's that just, just covering for his buddy. I know, but it, that just makes him look like shit, too. Orton is in the tree of woe, and Foley gives him the elbow drop. Rock tags in and hits him square in the nuts in front of the ref. <laughs> You're right. He tells the ref to go, hey, what are they doing over there? The ref turns and turns right back and sees it square, just like dead on. And then the ref has to acknowledge it and be like, hey, no, don't, yeah. don't do that. You know, don't. But uh, he didn't get DQ'd for that. Rock is tossed out and attacked by Big Dave Batista. He rolls him back in, and Flair tags in. Flair throws big chops on the Rock in the corner. He's just wooing it up. He's having a great time. He's strutting. The crowd's going nuts for seeing Flair strutting and profiling. Then he gets clotheslined by the Rock for his trouble. Rick goes to the top rope, and guess what? He gets cut off by the Rock, and... uh, thrown off the top rope. Batista tags in and gets to do some work. He gets some good strikes on Rock before he's tagged back out. Now Foley tries a double arm DDT on Batista but Batista's just too strong and muscles out of it. Batista throws Mick to the rest of Evolution. They triple team him again. They throw Mick so hard into the ring steps it just destroys his legs. This is why he needs hip surgery, too. Yeah. Evolution take turns on Foley as Flair struts in the ring some more. Foley gets... The mandible claw on Batista, but Orton saves him. Batista gets hit with a swinging neckbreaker as The Rock gets the hot tag. He fires up on Flair, DDTs Orton, and brings Batista into the ring. He launches Orton out of the ring. Batista spine busts Rock, but Flair wants in. Flair is going to hit the people's elbow on The Rock, but before he can do it, well, it was like a Flair's people's <laughs> elbow. Like a, <laughs> I was like, I was sitting there watching, he's smacking his chest, and I was like, and he's wooing, and I'm going, what the hell's he doing? And then he struts over to the ring ropes and struts yeah. back. It was it was done very well. But before he can do it, The Rock kips up and decks Flair. We get a DDT to Batista, a spine buster on Flair, the people's elbow. And Rock mocks Ric Flair's strut again. How dare you? Flair gets covered from the people's elbow but kicks out at two. Orton tags in but gets rock bottomed for his troubles, but Flair saves him from the three count. Flair gets a chair and distracts the ref. Batista bombed to the rock. Orton covers but rock kicks out at two because the ref was distracted. Foley wants to tag. Rock says, you know what? Okay, fine. (laughs) So he tags in Foley. Big mistake. Foley... (laughs) 
Foley tees off on Evolution. We get a double arm DDT, and he goes for Socko, but RKO out of nowhere. And Evolution get the win in 17 minutes flat. After he gets RKO'd out of nowhere and gets pinned, Foley just sits in the ring and looks sad. And the crowd boo at the end of this match. The Rock seems pissed. <laughs> the crowd then decide to cheer for these losers. Foley chants break out, and The Rock leads a round of applause as this is supposed to be Mick's big moment in the sun. RKO'd out of nowhere and pinned. So, what'd you think of this match, Patrick? Mick's a great guy. <laughs> Love Mick to death. Love catching up with him when he comes into town. We'll always sing his praises. This was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, yeah, you, you're right. He made it right at Backlash. He, he refused to let this be the end. This was bad, man. This was almost, like, depressing. Yeah, I felt sad. Yeah. It made me feel sad to see him out there. Right? It was like seeing a... It was almost like seeing a guy trying to rekindle... It was it was more along the lines of like a guy trying to rekindle, you know, or get back something he once had, kind of, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It just... It, it was rough. It was really sad. He just didn't put the effort into training or preparing for this match or the psychology of it and yeah it was it was rough but he would re- look he redeemed himself i mean yeah we'll oh, sing his did. praises all day long and he did and he redeemed himself in what i think is one of the most underappreciated matches in wrestlemania history in edge and in fold oh with the flaming table uh, with that hardcore yeah that extreme rules match after the rock leads a round of applause as this was yes supposed to be mick foley's wrestlemania moment thank goodness he rewrote that uh we cut to the hall of fame ceremony and this is the first year they brought it back. This is the first year that they put it on DVD, and they sold the DVD separate. They didn't even air anything live on USA? This is, they sold it separate, and then when it blew up, when you could buy the DVD for 10 bucks, and it blew up the way it did, is when the very next year they started airing it. But only certain parts of it. Right, and then they started uh, they started including it in the DVD, the WrestleMania DVD Oh, package. right, right. So WrestleMania 21. Limited edition was how you got the the Hall of Fame DVD. Little side note there. Yeah. Little piece of history not a lot of people realize. Mean Gene comes out to do the Hall of Fame roll call. This year's class was a huge class. Bobby Heenan, Tito Santana, Big John Studd, Harley Race, Pete Rose, who gets booed because they're in New York, Don Morocco, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, Junkyard Dog, represented by his daughter, who would actually die in 2011. So really? sad there. Yeah, it was weird. She was on the phone with somebody, and then she just dropped. Like, she had, like, an aneurysm or something. I didn't know that. Then we have superstar Billy Graham, who we saw last week on the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Sergeant Slaughter, Jesse the Body Ventura, in a black beard and a do-rag. He was almost unrecognizable. He's looking like a pirate. And there you go. WWE Shop promo. Gotta sell that merch. Did you get Big John Studd? Oh, yeah. Big John Studd was represented by his son. Was out there. And his son is now wrestling as well as as, uh, under the... Little Big John Studd. No, I don't remember what he's what he goes by. But yeah, up next, your match of the night, Playboy evening gown match. Mrs. Lesnar is going to represent SmackDown. Sable is with Tori Wilson, her partner. They were in a dual pictorial for Playboy magazine. The premise here is that the Raw women, Jackie Gata and Stacy Keebler, are upset that they didn't get invited. Playboy. When in reality, Stacey Keebler had turned down Playboy because they would have loved 
to get Stacy Keebler and Playboy. So yeah, I think Stacy and Trish were the only two. They that, always turned them to down. Always turned them down. I don't even think they ever asked Lita, did they? No, I don't think so. Uh, they just it was Stacy and Trish always told them no, and so so Mrs. Lesnar and Stacy decide to ditch the stipulation. So let's just get rid of our evening gowns right now and have a regular tag match. So Tori does as well, and Sable does. And so does uh, everybody except Jackie Gata. She's like, no, I'm going to keep my evening gown on. So, of course, Sable and Tori go ahead and rip that off for her before the match starts. It's just a regular tag match in bra and panties now. Sable <laughs> kicks Jackie in the corner. Tori hits a top rope cross on Jackie for two. Stacy takes a few tries at getting in the ring. Her ring entrance is something else. Stacy uses her long legs to choke Tori in the corner. Sunset flips a reverse for several near falls for both women. Then Stacy lands a big kick for a two count. Jackie gets speared from Tori. The Divas roll over ref Jack Doan, who's the luckiest man in the world, <laughs> uh, as he's trying to count. Tori Okada rolls up Jackie in 241, and there you go. Tori Wilson and Sable, Mrs. Brock Lesnar win the match. Stacy is mildly disappointed with this outcome. And uh, there you go. And it was I, really I, distract. Taz and Cole guffawing over the women was really distracting during this match. I, I have never seen an Okado roll look so nice. Yes. Tori and Sable, how else do they celebrate? They kiss each other at the top of the ramp. Oh, because yeah. that's what all women do anytime yeah. they're happy and they're more of more than one woman in a room, they're going to make out. Well, yeah. Everyone knows that. Duh. I would ask you what you think about this match, but there's nothing to say about this match. This was bad. This was just, it was, it was a reason to throw women out there. In bras and panties. In bras and panties. Okay. It was a sex sales match. That was it. Yeah, I don't even think it really did a good job of promoting the magazine. No. Had nothing to really do with promoting the magazine or anything. And this this started... Diva Search? No, the WrestleMania Playboy deal, because remember they used to have... Well, they had the Miller Lite girls at X7, I think. No, that was 18. Oh. Or 19, sorry, that was 19. <laughs> then this one, don't ask me why I know that. Strictly. It has nothing to do with them. It just, I remember that. They from, would unveil the cover. They would unveil the cover in January. The magazine would come out in February with a WWE diva. And then that person would that be That person in the would match. be in like a Playboy <laughs> match, role. Playboy match at WrestleMania. And so, and they did that for six or seven years. And, uh, but all it was, every damn one of those matches had nothing to do with being on the cover of the magazine, being in the magazine. <laughs> it had nothing to do with any of that except for let's just get half naked and roll around out there on the map. It, it made no sense. It was a different time in wrestling it was yeah we get some access interviews from throughout the day from a lot of people from different countries they're all glad to be here for WrestleMania. Eddie Guerrero is backstage with Chris Benoit and tells him that he's proud of him, win or lose. Benoit says he just can't take a compliment and says, win or lose, don't speak like that. I'm only going to win. Benoit says tonight is his night. Guerrero says this is the fire he was looking for. He was just trying to fire Benoit up. Eddie ends the promo saying, I believe, Chris. I believe. It's kind of eerie in hindsight. Yes. And I don't know if it was because of the fact this was his night or what it was, but from other times that we've seen Benoit, this night he just seemed a little more intense. Oh, I thought he... A little more, like, serious, cold-hearted, like, we're talking intense, intense. Hyper-focused. Yeah. A little... 
kind of, yeah, it was, it was weird. It's like you said, it was kind of, I don't know how to, I really don't know how to word it. It's why I'm having a hard time. You get what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Though. Okay. Well, we'll get to it when the, when the main event's over, uh, my reaction to okay. Mr. Steven Richards. Uh, the Cruiserweight Open is next. Chavo is the champ. He's out sure. first. Our good friend Chavo Classic, our recently departed Chavo Classic, escorts Chavo down to the ring. His son. His dad. What a great, I mean, yeah. Get your dad a WrestleMania payday. Here are all the Cruiserweights for the Cruiserweight. Nunzio. Yep. Jamie Noble. Uh-huh. Akio. Akio. Who's with Tajiri. Who's with Tajiri. He won't be wrestling, though. Oh, he doesn't wrestle? I thought no. he did. Funaki. SmackDown number one. Shannon Moore. Uh-huh. Billy Kidman. That's right. Ray Mysterio. Who's in his Flash uniform. Yes. His, one of his signature uh, WrestleMania outfits, I guess. Last. <laughs> well, he wasn't last coming out, but, but he... Certainly not least. No, I saved him First for in last. our hearts. Yeah. First in our hearts. One of my favorites. And... It pretty much ruined his WWE career. The Ultimo Dragon. Who had a little difficulty with his entrance. Yes. This, his cape. This this ruined his career. And and I in WWE, not his career as a whole. Because it was right after this that they went ahead and just let him go because they were like, Oh, he's too clumsy. <laughs> yeah. That was All literally he stumbled. That was literally the excuse they gave. He's too clumsy. Because he stepped out of the curtain onto the ring onto the stage. Stepped on his cape. Stepped on his cape because of the way it was such a small little area there to walk through. And he slipped and fell. On the network version, they cut this out. Yes. They take a wide shot of the arena. Right. But you say on the DVD it's still intact. So you can relive this moment. Yes. Ultimo Dragon's WrestleMania moment. Or you can... You can go to YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's oh, yeah. all over YouTube. So This is an elimination match. Last man standing as champion. Chavo, since he's the champ, he gets to go in last. Dragon will start out with Shannon Moore. He hits his finisher, which is sort of like a Selena Del Sol. I don't know how to describe it. It's not a. It's not his dragon sleeper, but it's no. It's a jumping reverse inverted DDT or something. Yeah, it's weird. In in WCW, he just hit a hurricane runner from the top rope. Right, and uh, if he got a pinfall, he would use the dragon. And then sleeper. he'd use the dragon sleeper. Here he was using this, and and I really don't even know what it's called, which is hard to believe. Yes, I know because I know pretty much all moves. But this one, I don't. Like I say, it looks like the Selena Del Sol that uh, Kalisto uses. Jamie Noble's in the ring next. Noble locks in a guillotine, and Ultimo Dragon taps out to a standing guillotine from Jamie Noble. That's yeah. There's your WrestleMania moment, Ultimo Dragon. Well, he already had his moment, but... <laughs> and here's another great WrestleMania moment. Funaki jumps in, gets rolled up three seconds, and is eliminated. That's the shortest in history, isn't it? I don't see how it could get any shorter. If you want to get into... I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that will fact check and, you know, find someone that won in, like, two seconds if with you a fast fa- count. If you fact check our show, please let us know. Yeah. We would like to know because we're curious. So, so Nunzio is next now against uh, Jamie Noble. That's right. Nunzio hits a top rope drop kick, gets a two count. Noble does a, dro- a top rope senton onto Nunzio, who is on the ring mats. Nunzio and Noble fight, get back in the ring, but Noble makes it back in. Nunzio gets counted out. There's his WrestleMania moment. Kidman is now the legal man. Nunzio causes Noble to get pulled outside. Kidman hits a springboard shooting star press onto oh. Noble and Nunzio, who are standing on the outside, and it was this very was, dangerous. This was ugly. This was his WrestleMania moment, and it almost killed him. <laughs> he didn't get full extension and full 
coverage on the backflip shooting star. And he basically headbutts yeah. the, the ground. Well, he headbutts they, them. Well, they caught him long enough. If they weren't there or had missed, he was going to break his neck. There was no way no way around it. And uh, It was a springboard it, shooting star. It was, it was brutal. And this is about the time in which I felt like Kidman needed to go ahead and hang it up, and he stretched it out another year or two before he did, because he was just, I don't know, man, he was getting, for a man who worked so well and was so safe in the ring, he he started taking really crazy risks, and it, it... it got very unsafe. Noble tries the guillotine on Kidman, but he gets out with an insiguri. Kidman decides to look for the shooting star off the top turnbuckle, but Noble goes up and catches him. But it backfires as Kidman hits the BK bomb to eliminate Noble. So Mysterio is up next against Billy Kidman. Mysterio hits a top rope code breaker, or oh, a top rope code red. It was like a top rope code red, if you know what yeah. the code red is. Yeah. And uh, gets the pinfall to eliminate Kidman. Tajiri's next. He gets a 619 and is distracted by his own manager, Akio, and gets rolled up and eliminated. So finally, it's Chavo Guerrero. Mysterio takes out Chavo Classic, then uses Charles Robinson as a springboard for a 360 degree senton onto Chavo Classic. Yep. What, beating up an old man. What a heel. He had he had his WrestleMania moment, though. Got his WrestleMania bump. Oh, yeah, Chavo Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Got his pay. Yeah. He had to work. Yeah. He had to do some he work. He had to take for, a bump. I mean, Paul Bear, if by uh, Paul Bear got paid just for a while. He got a weight loss surgery out of just walking out there. Yeah. Yeah, Chavo Classic. They put his ass to work. Yeah. Well, he is either a former or soon-to-be cruiserweight champion himself. Soon-to-be. So. <laughs> so, Chavo then... <laughs> Chavo just rolls up Mysterio and uses Chavo Classic's hand to hold Mysterio down. One, two, three. To retain in 1131. Well, that's what the Guerreros do. They lie, they cheat, and they steal. And uh, yes. they. We find out that once again later. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I thought this was fine. Oh, this is a great match. Entertaining. Yeah, entertaining. Uh, Kidman. If they had a ladder, it would have been uh, oh, even yeah. better. If they did a ladder match with all of them. Yeah. Kidman had just gotten, at this point in time in his career, of taking chances to try to, it's kind of like anything you can do, I can do better, and one-up him. So if you go back and you watch Billy Kidman in, in like, 04, 05, not 2005, like 2005, guys, um, he's just taking, he's taking really weird chances, which is why I think he finally decided to hang it up. But he, he really was inches away from seriously killing himself. And well, and he still works as a road agent today. He's still employed by the company. Yeah. So sometimes it's a good idea to hang it up and just work backstage. Yeah. You can stretch out your career a long time doing that way. He's not in ring shape anymore, but if he ever wanted... I mean, he can still... He, he could, could do, go like do a, signings. He can do wrestle cons and stuff. Well, he can do like a specialty top throw, like a gimmick match kind yeah. of thing. He could, he could always lace up and go, but still, that was... Now, Patrick... It's time for the real main event of the evening. It's an interpromotional match, the second one of the night, because the Divas were, were the first. It's Goldberg and Brock Lesnar with Stone Cold Steve Austin as referee. 13 years in the making. 13 years in the making. <laughs> this is where it all began. This And this is where my hatred for Brock Lesnar all began. Why? Because. Has a great, bright future in wrestling. Yes. Okay. Well, he earned... He was an NCAA champion. Okay. He earned his spot. And then he was given... And I was all for... I was all for... For him. Unlike The Rock, 
who faded into other stuff and did it nice, you know, came back and, you know, was still entertaining fans. He got pissed off and said, fuck you. I'm tired of your bullshit. I'm tired of you fucking fans. Screw you and everything you think and everything you say. I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to run over here. I'm going to take my ball and go home like a five-year-old. I'm going to take my ball to the Minnesota Vikings. And go play for the go play for the NFL. He doesn't even make it through training camp and the NFL lets him go. A last-minute cut. He almost made the team and he they offered him, I believe, a spot in NFL Europe. So he could have pursued it. And by the way, this man had never played any football on any level so imagine that to be to make it that far into the last day of cuts so just what kind of athlete we're talking about that this guy made it that far that he was almost on an nfl team he's on that year's madden he's a playable character he's a free agent in madden really yeah he goes on to since he didn't make it in the nfl he goes on to mma well before that he stops in japan and that's when the wwf took him to court or well the wwe took him to court because they thought that that violated his non-compete but he said it didn't because it was in japan they reached settlement and then yes then he goes to mma at which point in time he was handed the mma ufc heavyweight title he was not handed he had to defeat randy couture one of the greatest MMAs, a UFC Hall of Famer. This was not just hand. This was not Eric Bischoff opening a briefcase and saying, "Oh, here you go, Mr. Lesnar." I he still, still had think, to fight, and, and I'm going to piss a lot of people off with this statement. I still think UFC, to some degree, UFC is is rigged. It's a work, just like everything else. To some degree, not completely. They would never have Ronda Rousey lose if they were rigged. But my whole thing is. Is then he he kind of fails at that. Well, he got he got sick. He got diverticulitis and had to have most of his colon removed, okay. his large intestine, which and I, which kept him out of the sport, kept him out of life for two or three years. Then he tried to return to MMA and and he just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to come back. And plus, you know, a good a good striker and a and a guy with good Brazilian jiu-jitsu, He was facing guys, Kane Velasquez, that. The first guy that beat him when he came back, there was no, sh- he had no shot after that. So then he comes back. Of course. Which is fine. They all come back, don't they? Which is fine. Comes back to the WWE. Which is fine. Instead of being like, I'm sorry, you know, I probably made the wrong decision in career life move kind of deal. He's then an asshole behind the scenes and demands to only work three to four days a year and wants all this money. Well, they gave it to him. And that's their fuck up. They shouldn't, they should have said no. We, you need us we don't need you that's that's triple h's screw up right there number one number two you don't let him do that to your fans and then go out there at wrestlemania 30 (laughs) you're still bitter i'm madder than a mother i'm so bitter and defeat the streak when if and when that you should have gave it to somebody who could have really used that as a stepping stone right i mean agreed uh, let's be honest i think looking back looking back on it now i go back and forth with it i go back and forth with it because you know it was undertaker that had the final say you right. know and this is his buddy and and he, i guess and my last and final bitch is this if you're in the business whether you're working a crowd of 20 people 
are working in front of a crowd of over 100,000 people. You respect and love the business you're in. That's managers, valets, wrestlers, referees, bookers, whatever. You respect this business. He doesn't give a shit about wrestling. No, he doesn't. <laughs> At all. He doesn't and care about anything. No, and that that just infuriates the <laughs> hell out of me. That's why I think he's he's a perfect heel. I mean, that's that really why... I'm talking about that that it, that's extreme heat. Not only with the with the, you know, the boys, but I mean, not only with fans, but with the boys. Because that he just flat out doesn't fucking care yeah. at all. He can fail drug tests and get away with it. Just He does it with a smile. That's so, what I like. So now, now after, exactly, he does it with a smile, too, just to piss people off even worse. So now after he- hearing my whole argument on this side of it and why I just flat out cannot stand this man... <laughs> Do you do I have a valid argument? Yeah, you yeah, okay. you present reasons to not okay. like Brock Lesnar. Cuz I have plenty of fans every time Lesnar comes up in one of our shows that try to convince me Brock Lesnar is great, awesome, whatever. I'm sorry, but a lot of these younger kids that want to they, they don't know what they're talking about. We did review Survivor Series 2002, which was at Madison Square Garden, and my oh my, how things had changed in just Two less than two years. Two years later, sets a rivalry for thirteen years in the making of a rematch. <laughs> yeah. Here's what here's what happened behind the scenes a few months before this all came together. This was always the plan. Okay. Was Lesnar and Goldberg at at Mania? But of course, they had planned on Les- Lesnar staying originally. Right. So the outcome would have been completely Lesner, different. Lesnar Les- wins. Lesnar wins. Goldberg had been booked very poorly in his one. He signed a one year deal. Showed up the night after WrestleMania 19. Had been booked very poorly. One one segment had to wear a wig with gold dust. It was how badly Goldberg was booked. Really, I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, they put a wig on Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> You can't do that. So he was very upset. He said he would not be re-signing. So fans already knew he was he, he was, was out, out the door. Now, also within the past year, Brock Lesnar had become a real pain in the ass backstage. Very, and yes. the plane ride from hell, Patrick, yeah. which got Kurt Henning fired when Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning decided to start wrestling on the plane. And so the boys in the back... Had a big beef with Brock, and you know, I mean, you just described how Brock, Brock's just an asshole. Well, do you know how that fight ended? What well, ended when the plane touched down? I mean, well, pretty much, Brock was crying like a little bitch. I don't. Kurt think Henning so. took him down. But I don't proceed. Brock Lesnar would destoy anybody. Uh, Kurt Hennings, he's a damn good amateur Kurt wrestler. Kurt Henning was in his 40s by then. He was a damn good amateur wrestler. Dude, look at fucking Brock Lesnar. I would in like to see Lesnar and Angle. Well, you saw it at WrestleMania 19. And amateur-wise, I mean. Proceed. Yeah, anyway. After the, the plane ride from hell. After the plane ride from hell is when they take the belt off of him. They make it drop. They make him drop it to Eddie. Yes. Yes, and like a couple weeks, maybe a week before this event, it leaks online that, yeah, Lesnar's going to say, Lesnar's going to quit. So this totally, this match has all turned to shit. So. And this is when they threw Austin last minute because we're going into the match. And well, it, the, it was it was literally the Raw before WrestleMania that Austin says, you know what, I'm guest referee, right? I think so. Do I have my timing on that perfect? And that was strictly because it was to make sure Lesnar did business. No, I just thought it was to save 
to try to save the match, to try and get something out of the crowd because they knew that the crowd was in. I mean, the internet was prominent in 2004, and so yeah. the crowd knew what was going on and that both of these guys are leaving, so fuck it. Who cares who wins? Yeah, They're not going to put any effort into this. So I think they threw Austin in there just to get somebody cheered, just to try to help get this thing over with. Um, but definitely the outcome... Had Brock Lesnar not said he was leaving, it would have been a squash match. I mean, Brock would have gone up. This crowd, this MSG crowd at Survivor Series was chanting for Lesnar in 2002. And now, oh my, oh my, yes, things have changed. So this all started at Royal Rumble when Lesnar basically Pearl Harbored Goldberg as... Gorilla Monsoon would say, F5'd him when he was in his Royal Rumble, which caused his elimination. Goldberg then caused Lesnar to lose his title to Eddie Guerrero and give Eddie the title after Austin gave him the ticket to go do it. Austin gave him a front row seat, and Goldberg just picked his point in time to hop in there and hit us. Who would have thought? Yeah, you know. Lesnar then gets on his knees and begs Vince for Goldberg at Mania. And so then Vince makes Austin the guest referee because he's the only man that can contain these two. Now technically, Austin has some history with these two guys. Austin walked out on the company Austin when they walked when they wanted him to job to Brock right. on an episode of Raw. Austin walked because of of that very thing. And he has history with Goldberg in the fact of the Goldberg gimmick was stolen from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, bald guy, black tights. Well, I mean, you talked to... Goatee. You talked to Bischoff, and you talked to, um, at the time, helping train uh, Sullivan. They're very different characters, though. One's an ass kicker. The other one's an MMA ass kicker. No, one one was undefeated, was two moves, didn't speak. Austin was rallying, beer drinking, raising hell, rallying against authority. They're different characters, but Goldberg had actually gone on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno when he was still with WCW and challenged Steve Austin, called him out on The Tonight Show. Yes. So some history between all three of these guys. I was, I was going there, but yes, you. yeah. So this is just a year removed from Austin's last Mania match, so the crowd, you know, you don't know that Austin's totally retired, so there's always hope that maybe this could lead to something down the road. You're going like, to see like a Goldberg-Austin. Which is what they should have done. I mean, if they could have forked over them. They should have offered every bit, whatever money you have, make it fucking happen. Because we never saw that. Nope, never did. We got deprived of a lot of Austin matches that... Austin Hogan. Right, well... That would never have happened. Too many, too much ego involved in that one. Who's going to lose, yeah. Yeah. That's what he always says. But not just that, it was those WCW contracts, you know. Yeah. They set... Those guys were all sitting out while Austin's, you know, you know, winding it down. Yeah. And had Vince just bought out their contracts and brought them in earlier, I think he could have convinced... I think it could have gotten done, but we just missed it. Why do you think Vince didn't do that? Just cheap. He just lost money on the XFL. He just lost... Well, he just spent the money to buy WCW's assets and the tape library. Okay. He spent money to buy ECW's tape library. He okay. brought in the contracts that he could from WCW. I think he was just the restaurant in New York was failing. I think he was just burnout. The and money the money was kind of starting to There was more money going out than there was coming in. Well, this is this was after two that they had gone public, so they're a publicly traded company, so he's got to answer to a board now, you know, about well, why are you going to pay why are you going to buy Hogan's contract out? And so yeah. there's there was just a lot of red tape and I think he was just being cheap. Yeah, imagine if he had brought in Sting. You well, know, that's the thing like, is I'd always wondered that. Like why did he not kinda Well the invasion could have been a million times better. But oh, we, yeah. we've already talked about that. It's our most listened to podcast, by the way, The Invasion. Which is probably because it's confused for the actual invasion era podcast. So we'll check them out sometime. 
if you uh, have a chance. But we're the best. <laughs> of course. So here we go. This is uh, now. That was a long buildup for this one match. Just yeah, FYI, oh yeah. on our end. Oh yeah. Well, this is WrestleMania 33. I mean, this is 13 this, years in the making. Yeah. So we have to give you the backstory of how it all started. The whole kit can and caboodle. So. so Vince made Austin the guest referee, and Brock F5 him on an episode of Raw. He also stole Austin's ATV. How dare you? That was hilarious. And he almost wrecked it. Yes. And <laughs> he drank Austin's beer. Can't touch a man's beer. Yeah, it's like you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't drink Stone Cold's beer. And then Austin brawled with Lesnar and busted him open on an episode of uh, Raw, but he got away before Stone Cold could. Uh, Stunt. Ref Austin is out first. He didn't bother wearing his ref gear. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> he rides his ATV out to the ring. He seems to know what he's about to get into. He knows what he's... The look on his face tells the story. <laughs> the crowd loves Austin, though. He's the big, He's the winner in this match. Lesnar, out to a chorus of booze. Lesnar gets no pyro when he slowly walks to the ring, but he does get pyro for his ring jump, so that's okay. The crowd reward him by flipping him off all over the place. Just fuck you, pal. Fuck you. They hate his guts. And then here comes Goldberg, who also gets a chorus of booze, as well as his shitty WWE theme version of his song, which, why did they fuck with his song? I, I'll never know. Goldberg does get a few Goldberg chants at first, but those quickly die out. It makes me think they were on tape. Lesnar mocks Goldberg's facials at first. Now, this part did make me laugh, because Lesnar does the whole sticking out the tail, the whole Gilberg. He looks like yeah, Gilberg yeah. for a second. Then the crowd chant, you sold out to Lesnar and Goldberg. They haven't even locked up yet. Austin's standing in the middle. He says, you guys need to fight. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they don't. <laughs> Goldberg, just like Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series 97, is chewing gum for this match. That's how much he cared. No, 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 no. Goodbye chance to Lesnar, mainly. JR finally has to address the crowd. He says there are rumors that Lesnar is leaving. It's no rumor. It's it's happened. Still, these two massive men have not touched yet. Austin chants break out. The crowd loves flipping Brock Lesnar off. Then they finally lock up. Boo! They just lock up. Nothing happens. Then they get chance of boring. <laughs> they lock up again. It takes a couple minutes and again goes nowhere. Lesnar sticks out his tongue at Goldberg and mocks him again. Another lock up. Nothing happens. Boo! This match sucks. Chance start breaking out from the crowd. Lesnar gets shot to the ropes. Goldberg no sells a shoulder block. Boo! Lesnar no sells a shoulder block. Boo! You sold out, Chance. They get nose to nose. It looks like they're about to kiss each other. Then they collide in a clothesline and both hit the ground. They both stand up and Goldberg is laughing because he knows how bad this match is. Austin Chance break out again. Goldberg press slams Lesnar into a spear, which was a cool move. It's one of like the three moves in the match. He sets him up for a spear but misses and hits a turnbuckle and falls out of the ring. Now we get Goldberg sucks Chance because he sucks now. Lesnar tries a vertical suplex, but Goldberg blocks it before Lesnar eventually gets it. He covers for two. Lesnar locks in a modified chin lock and kills the crowd even more. Now we get Chance of bullshit from the crowd. Lesnar, reacting to this, goes right back to the rest hold. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll put him right back in that rest hold. Lesnar and Goldberg collide again. Lesnar this time covers for two. This match sucks. Chance break out again. Lesnar hits some shoulders to Goldberg in the corner and then gets clothesline from Goldberg. We get a spinning neck breaker from Goldberg. Goldberg goes for the spear and gets it. And Lesnar kicks out at two and a half. Austin's calling it right down the middle, to be fair. He is? 
Goldberg is upset with this fair count and gets into it with Austin over the count. Then Brock gets up, F5 to Goldberg, and just to fuck Lesnar over, Goldberg kicks out at two and a half. So there you go. Fuck your finisher. I mean, Big Show kicked out of the FU earlier tonight, so everyone's kicking out of fin. This is, the, I guess, the start of the kicking out of finisher era. All from that uh, Hogan-Rock match, I guess. Started it all. Lesnar complains to Austin about his fair count. Lesnar tries to spear on Goldberg, but instead gets speared from Goldberg, who calls for the jackhammer, which gets booed. Jackhammer, one, two, three, 13 years in the making. Goldberg beats Lesnar in 1343 to no reaction in what has to be one of the weirdest atmospheres for a match, one of the weirdest, worst matches we've ever seen, Patrick. Goldberg poses on the turnbuckle. You could hear a pin drop in Madison Square Garden. No cheers, no nothing. Lesnar wakes up and looks at Austin. Lesnar flips off the camera. Then he turns to Austin and flips Austin off. Takes a stunner. See you later. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. JR mentions that Lesnar was stunned right out of the WWE. And then he adds a ring at the end. So not to (laughs) totally rule out that Lesnar could be back. Yes, Lesnar gets stunned right out of his career. Then Goldberg, for some reason, decides that, you know what? I'd like to have a beer with Stone Cold before I leave this company. Crowd boo as Goldberg tries a beer bash with Stone Cold. He also drops a beer that Austin tosses him, and that gets booed. And then he also wipes beer out of his eyes like a pussy. <laughs> and you know what? Austin toasts him and stuns him right out of the WWE. Your winner, ladies and gentlemen, Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Steve, Steve Austin. <laughs> So there you go. Okay. And who would have thought 13 years later we would have a minute 27 match. We would then have a shocking elimination in seconds of a rumble. And that Goldberg would defeat Kevin Owens. And Goldberg is going to defend the most well important second most <laughs> important title in WWE history at this point in time. Will headline... And we'll headline WrestleMania with this exact man again. <laughs> After this. After this. But this. it happened. Oh, man. Not enough can be said, really, about how amazing this match is uh, from WrestleMania 20. It was uh, very special. Oh, yeah. It was something, all right. Pyro. Go ahead. Going into, I mean, I feel like we need to spend a little bit more on this. Because, I mean, WrestleMania this year is built around this, basically. Where do you think this match at WrestleMania this year will lead, lead us to? next? Do you think it's going to lead us to Goldberg staying another year? Do you think it's going to lead us to Lesnar finally hanging it up for good? Do you think it's going to, or Goldberg hangs it up for good? Where do you think this leads us? Lesnar has one more year left on his deal. Okay. Goldberg is just getting paid per appearance. So I, f- uh, I feel like they will, they will they're going to sign Goldberg for at least a year. Well, I mean, as... Well, it de- it really depends on how this match goes, Patrick. I I really think so. If this goes terribly, if this ends up being WrestleMania 20 all over again, uh, I don't think we're going to see Goldberg anymore. Ever? I will see him at the Hall of Fame, but I don't think we'll see him in the ring as a competitor. As for Les, I mean Lesnar had Lesnar 110 percent is going to win this match. You sure about that? Yes. Okay. And I think that this will lead us to another Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar WrestleMania match to end out Lesnar's contract. God, I hope not. At New Orleans next year, so that way he can incorporate this is where I ended the streak. Of course, I'll end Roman Reigns here, something like that along those lines. So I think that that's. And then I think, and that's why I think Roman Reigns might be Taker this year. So then there's some convergence of. If they push Roman again. They're dumber than they look. I will not go back on my word. I will not be going to WrestleMania if 
I suspect that Roman Reigns will be headlining the show. I will not go to New Orleans to watch a Roman Reigns headlined WrestleMania. Now, see, they're go- so what they're going to do is they're going to throw Kurt Angle in some match and then sucker me down there. But then I'm leaving for the main event. I seriously, I can't do it. Last no. year, last year I turned off Mania when Triple H and Roman came on. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, we did. We turned it off. That's true. It's nothing against him, even really. I, I got it. it's it's against him. He's terrible. I'll, I just don't think there's anything special about him. I I don't I don't understand why they're hanging their hat on him, other than the fact that he is part of the Annoy family. I really that's all I can figure is is why they're all about. We got to make he's a good looking guy. We got to make this work. If they want to bring in the ladies, you know. I feel like... And they want a new John Cena, and they feel that he can be John... Turn If they were smart. If you either turn him... That's the only way he's going to get over. I know. (laughs) I know. We've been saying it since... I mean, everybody's been saying it since forever. So, I mean, originally when they were going to break up the shield, they thought that Roman would be the guy that turned or Dean would be the guy that turned it ended up being Seth Rollins that's what made it so much of a shocker is right nobody really expected it to be Rollins but uh yeah so so sorry pal if if Roman's headlining Wrestlemania in New Orleans next year don't expect me to uh we're not going call up with tickets getting back to Wrestlemania 20 now Pyro is going off Madison Square Garden which is expensive to do in New York City by the way they do not like fireworks why is that Uh, too much risk of setting fires to nearby buildings and stuff really yeah so you have to get like permits a million permits and yeah really it's it's hard to get like for 4th of July that's why they do their fireworks like over Hudson River or whatever they don't they don't get them anywhere near buildings. So to have them shoot off MSG, like Vince dropped some good money on on the pyro. It was weird that it went off now. Uh, I imagine that when this was booked originally, they probably thought, oh, this will be Lesnar's big win. Why not shoot the pyro off now? But Yeah. Uh, they shoot off the pyro. Vince comes out. It's Vince McMahon. It's not Mr. McMahon because no. he's he he has no theme music. He just walks out, and Vince McMahon just thanks the crowd. He says thank you. You need to insert that right here. <laughs> this is a monumental moment. Breaks character. Breaks character during a WrestleMania too. This isn't like it's a WWE special. The theme of this year's WrestleMania is where it all begins again. But quite frankly. Without each and every one of you, WrestleMania may very well have never began. So I've come before you tonight to simply say thank you. On behalf of the WWE superstars, both past and present, we thank you. On behalf of the entire WWE organization, we say thank you. On behalf of the McMahon family, thank you. Thank you for making WrestleMania what it has become today. Thank you for making the WWE what it is. And thank you for making this WrestleMania where it all begins again. You know, or a house so, show where no one right. see it. This is this is a yeah. You need to insert that because this is a WrestleMania moment. In overlooked. Another, yeah, very overlooked. I agree. But they do play the. Uh, no chance in hell song as he walks away. So I thought that was a weird music cue. Just let him well, walk think, away. Yeah, well, it would kind of been weird if he... Like, walking out's one thing, but walking away, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania 21's in L.A. next year. Maybe we can make it. Uh, 
The world's greatest tag team, former Team Angle, is out first. Now we're doing another fatal four-way, for this time for the SmackDown title. Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin will be taking on the APA. With JBL, who is transitioning to JBL. I mean, you can just yeah. look at him. Farouk had, a, had the best night of any wrestler. He didn't on do this. shit. <laughs> You're right. He did not. He didn't even get tagged in in this match. Uh, versus the Bashams. Do you remember the Bashams? I get them confused for the Harris brothers all the time, just because they're bald white guys. Yeah. With no personality. Yeah. With nothing going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I wasn't like I say I wasn't watching wrestling around this time, um, but I did hear the Bashams, and I get them confused for the Harris brothers every, all the time. Doug and Danny Basham. <laughs> yeah, they were good to point out who was who. They never got it confused. That's true. And they're taking on the now Ugh. tag team champs of the R- Big Quiche, Rikishi and Scotty Too Hotty. Who looks like he was in great shape still. Scotty looks great. Yeah, but uh, this gimmick is uh, getting a little gray in the tooth there they lost you know grandmaster sex a they're still dancing these belts not being on world's greatest tag team is a waste of time really so i i would agree with that because i have said it i will say it shelton benjamin is one of the greatest in-ring athletes of this generation uh the man does i mean he just he's capable of doing anything shelton's gonna uh, start against jbl jbl tries a clothesline from hell right away but benjamin ducks the bashams double team him for a minute Haas saves the cover nick patrick is the referee for this Ooh. match hey your favorite yeah my favorite benjamin slams danny danny basham on Haas's knee it was a cool looking move scotty too hotty tags in beats up one of the bashams kips ups and moonwalks Haas locks in a bear hug on scotty and the bashams double team scotty too hotty the big quiche finally gets the hot tag and takes out everyone quiche ddt's danny danny basham but farouk this is his one thing he does in this match he breaks up the cover and that's his work for the night. Shelton tries to German suplex the big quiche, but quiche knocks him out of the ring with his ass. Shelton Benjamin flies from the middle of the ring to the outside off of nothing more than <laughs> propelling go- of the ass. He goes behind, waist locks Rikishi. You're right. Like he's going to hit him with maybe like a, a German. German suplex, something like that. Rikishi just like stands up straight and then just... Bends over really fast and shoots that, that that guy. Realistic, yeah. Yeah. Charlie Haas takes a stink face. Oh. Clothesline from JBL to Quiche. And then JBL tosses out one Basham and clotheslines from hell the other. Then Quiche hits a Samoan drop on JBL, takes him out. Quiche then just walks over, sits on D- Danny Basham, and wins the match. Scotty and Quiche retain in 608. Time to dance. Scotty does the worm. You know, he doesn't do the move at the end of it, yeah. so he just kind of stops yeah. <laughs> and then they dance he, Keish doesn't get his sunglasses though no well, Grandmaster always had them we get a promo for Edge I got a question for you though. he's edgier and he's coming soon there you go I got a question for you though now look at all this foreshadowing that's about to happen here. would you ever take Rikishi's stink face oh yeah I don't mind that you would take that? Yeah, I think you're far enough away from his butthole. It wouldn't be so bad. Now, what I wouldn't take is uh, when the... Because a uh, fan told me one time, they asked me that question, 
And I said, no. And they said, well, I would, but as soon as he did, I'd bite him right on his ass and leave just like teeth marks. And I thought that that has stuck with me. I was like, oh, that's actually brilliant. A wrestler brilliant. should have tried that. <laughs> that's but... brilliant, actually, yeah. So, all right, proceed. But then I... you're basically in the Rikishi kiss my ass club, though. You put your mouth on his ass. Everybody puts their mouth on his ass when he digs it in. <laughs> I would rather take that than um, going to the Nasty Boys Pity City. I don't want to get oh. in. Knobs and sags armpits, fuck that. <laughs> I would rather be near Keisha's butthole any day of the week than knobs or sags armpit. I'm not doing that. Okay, I just, I've, I've meant to ask you that and I haven't had the chance till now. So, okay, proceed. Jesse Ventura comes out. Jesse wants to do an interview because what's WrestleMania without Jesse Ventura doing an interview? Oh, I don't know. We've had a many WrestleManias without you. So, uh, the governor of Minnesota then decides to interview the 45th president of the United States as he goes over and finds Donald Trump sitting in the crowd. And Jesse asks if he would support a run in 2008 and Donald's like oh yes absolutely I would support you oh yeah 100%. We, we, we have to have that yeah <laughs> I know that's terrible but I can't yeah. do Donald yes a run from you would be very good very great very good stuff it'd be great Jesse that, yeah, so that was perfect oh very well per- done everyone does these Trump things but anyway so little did we know this is Jesse is saying he wants a president in office in 2008 well we got he a Hall of Famer a, he wants a wrestler in office in 2008 little did we know Eight years later, we sort of did get a wrestler in the office because, I mean, he did have some wrestling offense in WrestleMania 23, Donald Trump. With some of the worst fists I've ever seen. What's funny is King mentions that Trump would be Jesse's running mate. So imagine that. So, like, that would have been the ticket. when, When that was said... It made me realize, why didn't Trump ask Jesse Ventura to be his vice president when he was running this this past year? I, we actually had, me and Brad talked to Jesse Ventura, and we asked about Donald Trump. We, we don't have the interview anymore because we lost our archives, but he was actually, Jesse Ventura supported Gary Johnson. He Jesse Ventura wouldn't have run with Donald since Donald was running as a Republican. Okay. Jesse Ventura is all about independent. Never when did you a, interview Jesse Ventura? He had a new book coming out, and we got 15 minutes with him on the phone. That was it. Oh, that's cool. We didn't really talk about wrestling. Uh, well, I wasn't even there for it. Brad did it all by himself. Yeah, it's just all because he doesn't like political parties. He would never... He would run as an independent? Yeah. When Donald Trump originally ran for president in 2000, it was very briefly, he was running as an independent, and uh, Jesse was still governor of Minnesota at the time, so I don't think he would have been considered... Trump's campaign never made it far enough But in 2000, but he might have... That might have actually happened in 2000 had Trump stuck with it uh, as an independent bid, but Jesse just hates political parties. His book. Have you read his book? No. It's very, very good. I'll let you borrow it. He's a great author. Yeah, I'll let you borrow it. It's really good. The barber chair is sitting on the ramp. Patrick Young. More foreshadowing. We just saw Donald Trump. Now we're seeing a hair match. (laughs) And also, where the fuck is Brutus Beefcake? (laughs) I knew that was coming. Where is Ed Leslie? (laughs) Must have driven this man crazy because they do these hair matches. Even had the barber shop little thingy beside yeah, it yeah remember they did the same thing when they shaved uh they shaved angle why didn't they have ed leslie that would that's i 500 bucks he would do it for 500 bucks yeah you know yeah i mean yeah that's all i kept thinking about this match <laughs> molly holly's out first 
She was one of my favorite uh, female wrestlers. I have a little backstory about this match when we get done. She's a challenger. She'll be taking on Victoria, the current women's champion. They lock up. It's sort of like the start of the Goldberg match. <laughs> Molly knees Victoria in the face and splashes her in the corner. Molly rolls out of the ring. Molly clotheslines her on the ring mats. What would happen if she won by countout? Molly won? Yes, by countout. Does she get her hair shaved or not? Molly would have won, so no. But I thought the stipulation was she had to win the belt. It was a title versus versus hair match. Oh, well then yeah, she would have to. Well, that sucks. You win the match and you still lose. Yeah. Because you, you didn't win the title. Molly locks in a head vice. The crowd is completely dead. Victoria power slams Molly. JR and Lawler spend the match talking about panties. <laughs> Molly does the top rope sunset flip power bomb that Seth Rollins blew out his knee doing. But she does it here. Well, she she lands on her knees to be safe. But Molly tries a widow's peak, but loses to a backslide. Oh, the vicious backslide, and loses in 6:49. Molly is gonna get her head shaved. So they talked about panties. What's your favorite panties? I don't. <laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah, I'm playing. Thank I'm playing, you. I'm um, no, I, I don't even like the word. I honestly. figured that was a, but that was strictly a joke in regards to. King. Uh, they were just bored. Yeah. No. Oh, so yeah, this, J- this JR was like, I-, I prefer not to answer that. Yeah. Like, King kept pressing yeah. it for it. It was hilarious. So, this match was actually going to get cut completely because they were like, we just. Just like her hair. We have too much. We have too much. Molly did not want to lose that opportunity and knew also that this was set up for a WrestleMania moment for her. So, she said, No, what if I put my hair up, I lose, and you shave my head in Madison Square Garden live on paper? That was the only way this match took place was to make sure Molly got her head shaved. Wow. Otherwise, it wasn't going to make the card. Or otherwise, it wasn't going to make the card. Well, I mean, that's the way they treated and that's, women. And that's why when she was up there still cutting, they didn't take the time to cut. They went ahead and brought Angle out while she's still getting oh, her yeah. head shaved. That's why. Because they were literally going to... They just wanted that image of her in the barber chair, bald head Molly Holly. That's it. Other than that, this match was not going to happen. Well, Victoria had some troubles getting the... Uh, the Clipper store, too. Yeah, yeah, so they had some technical difficulties. But if Ed Leslie was up there, he would have done it right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I have nothing to say about that. Eddie versus Kurt is next. Oh, wow. Okay. The Eddie Kurt promo airs here. Kurt Angle attacks Eddie because Eddie is a former drug addict, says drug addict Kurt Angle. So it's like, that's, it's so offensive now. I mean, was he a drug addict then? Oh, yes. Many people have asked me, why, Kurt? Why? I didn't attack Eddie Guerrero for me. I attacked Eddie Guerrero for the fans of SmackDown for all the WWE. Eddie Guerrero is a former drug addict. A drug addict is the last person we need to represent us as the WWE Champion. That's why when Eddie Guerrero won the championship, I couldn't just sit there and let Eddie destroy the morals that are the cornerstone of the character of this nation. One day you will thank me for the champion that you can be proud of. Wait a minute! The WWE Champion, Eddie Guerrero! Kurt Angle! You like to jump people from behind, so I'll tell you what, Holmes. I'm gonna take the fight to you. Officer, I want you to arrest Eddie Guerrero! You're standing the night in jail! There's a poison seeping through the moral fiber of this country. Our WWE Champion gets himself arrested, mired in scandal and disgrace. 
That's exactly what I feared would happen if Eddie Guerrero became champion. Would you feel comfortable if your children were acting like Eddie Guerrero? And Eddie Guerrero as the WWE champion will only bring disgrace and shame to this company for years to come. I won't allow that to happen. I am hereby demanding that Eddie Guerrero issue a public apology for his reprehensible behavior. Tell you I'm sorry. Ow. This is bad. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's hands are still handcuffed. We have the greatest fans in the world, but they have no appreciation for what I'm doing. My match at WrestleMania is the most important match in my life. I'm not only fighting for myself, I'm fighting for the future of this company. Kurt Angle was? Oh, yes. Did, did it appear to you that he looked like he was a little bit high b- before this match? I didn't notice anything out of out When of he was Kurt. walking out, though, he looked like kind of stoned or something. Probably hopped. He had a huge painkiller addiction. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that was going on at this time, but he from I mean, he had broken his neck uh, well, before yeah. the Olympics and then rebroke it wrestling and never got it worked on, never got the surgery. You know, did up until he departed the company, never missed a pay-per-view, never got the surgery. And so he just turned to painkillers. And so that's why this angle is so offensive to me is because Kurt, Kurt angle is offensive to me in this angle because he's attacking Eddie because Eddie was a former drug addict. Like, right. And like you said, with the Scott Hall shit, I don't like it when they incorporate stuff like this. No. Yeah. It's, it's too close to home kind of stuff. It's, Especially knowing that Eddie would be dead, you know, a year later. Paul Heyman had Eddie arrested angle says that Eddie brings shame and disgrace to the company. Heyman demands an apology from Eddie. Eddie says, you know what? I could beat your ass with my hands tied behind my back. So they have a match on SmackDown, but then Kurt Angle shows up and beats the shit out of Eddie after Eddie uh, has his hands tied behind his back. Eddie returns the favor by spitting in Kurt's eye, which... Would have made me so angry to get <laughs> spat in the eye. Angle hit him with the belt. So here we go. Time for this match. They're still cutting Molly's hair on the ramp. Kurt Angle, the challenger, is out first. I lie, I cheat, I steal. Eddie drives his custom Cadillac truck out to the ring. He's Besides Taker, he's the only guy with a uh, special entrance tonight, really. Yeah. Angle is staring. Oh, that's this is the look you're talking about. Angle is staring a fucking hole through Eddie when yeah. he's walking to the ring. Like... 
Like it looked not blinking. No, it like looked, stone face. Yeah, it looked like either number one he was high or number two he was really like this was about to become like a shoot top mat. Like he was pissed. He was intense. He the was there. Yes, because I was thinking, damn, is he like what is he okay? Like what's going on? Eddie Guerrero is looking to become only the fifth person to retain the title at WrestleMania. Eddie chants break out at Madison Square Garden. Hammerlock to front face lock from Kurt Angle. Kurt locks in a headlock again. Then Eddie tries to mat wrestle a little bit, but, but they both go back to their feet. Kurt grounds him again with a headlock. Let's go Angle. Angle sucks chance. Later, that would be used for Cena later on in his career. Eddie takes Kurt down with three shoulder blocks. Then Angle bails outside. They go back in the ring and mat wrestle again, so Kurt is able to take control and ground Eddie. Eddie counters a standing guillotine with a suplex, hits two arm drags, and then locks in an arm bar. Eddie tries a key lock on Angle's arm. It looks like shit, but eventually works his way out of it and puts Eddie in an abdominal stretch. Eddie tries the three amigos, the three snap suplexes. Instead, Angle tries the triple Germans. Benoit's triple Germans, but Eddie gets out before Angle can do it. Angle tries a German again. He tries to German Eddie right off the ring apron. He tries, which would have killed Eddie Guerrero. Luckily, Eddie kicked out of that. Eddie tries a top turnbuckle plancha, but hits the guardrail. Angle had moved a mile before he jumped off the turnbuckle, so it looked... Angle gets him back into the ring and locks on body scissors. He looks for a rear naked choke, but Eddie escapes. Angle belly to bellies Eddie. Eddie seems gassed at this point, so Angle poses in the ring to kill some time. He does it again and covers for two. Angle locks in a bear hug on Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie escapes with an eye poke. That's a good way to get out of a bear hug. Angle belly to bellies Eddie for a third time. Then Angle sets Eddie up on the turnbuckle. He looks for his super belly to belly, but Eddie shoves him off. Tries a frog splash, but Angle rolls out of the way. Angle taunts Eddie and delivers closed fists, right hands, right to his face. The last one, Eddie fucking no-sells. And then Eddie fires up. Eddie side suplexes Kurt for a two count. Angle goes for the triple Germans again, but Eddie rolls him up for two. Olympic slam is countered into an arm drag. We get the tilt-a-whirl head scissors, and Eddie hits the two of the three amigos before Angle catches him in the ankle lock. Eddie kicks out of it and then drop kicks Kurt. Eddie gets belly to bellied off the top turnbuckle while looking for the frog splash. Angle, time to rip down the straps, brother. And he locks in the ankle lock. Eddie rolls him up, though, for a two count. Kurt Germans Eddie. An Olympic slam is countered into a DDT. Then we get a frog splash and Kurt kicked out at the very last possible tenth of a second. You cannot kick out any later than Kurt Angle did. I blame this on Nick Patrick's slope. <laughs> the crowd thought this was the finish and had popped for it, but Angle kicked out. Angle locks in the ankle lock again, rolls through it again, and knocks Angle out of the ring. Eddie chants. Eddie decides, you know what? My boot, my foot, you know, I don't need this boot on. His ankle was swelling, and as he's trying to take care of his injury while Kurt Angle's on the outside, Kurt Angle stands up, realizes I've got him hurt, and you see Eddie just, oh shit and tries to back away. And so Angle grabs that ankle again. Eddie slips out of his boot inside Cradle's ankle for a quick three, leaving with the belt and leaving Angle with his boot. Angle graciously tosses it back at Eddie so he wouldn't have to walk up the ramp with one shoe. This went 21-36. Great match. Great finish. Great finish. It was a great finish. Thought Eddie uh, couldn't keep up with Kurt here. Uh, Eddie, I mean, but Eddie was at this point so... He, he would blow up. I mean, this dude's muscle mass was... He was getting gassed pretty quickly. and yeah. So I thought he was just too slow. This match made me an Eddie Guerrero fan. This match made me an Eddie Guerrero fan. Well, this good. this match and and then the only reason I'm saying that is because this match timing and everything it was just it was perfect. 
It was it was match of the night. Oh, I know that. The triple threat. Until, until main event. Oh, okay. We had two match of the nights in this one, or on my side anyway, because this is number one. Because you just can't. This is a great match. I didn't like it that much. It was okay. I just thought it was too slow. Angle was too fast. Yeah. Um, they should have not focused. I know that Angle's the heel and would, you know, doesn't need to wrestle like a face. Uh, so, you know, he's going to do a lot more of that Matt wrestling stuff. But Eddie, for all of Eddie's greatness, he is not a Matt wrestler. And so yeah. all, a lot of their transitions on the ground just seem sloppy. It's especially after we've seen uh, Angle in there with Benoit. Or, well, that's true. Yeah. Or or Lesnar, people that, you know, can mat wrestle and make it look real. And Eddie just, I thought, kind of struggled with that. And so I thought they should have kept it on the feet. Done a bit more brawling, punch-kicky yeah. kind of stuff. But that's just not Angle's style, and he's wrestling as a heel too. So so I understand, but it could have been better. The return of the dead man, or as I call it, the death of the biker man, is next. <laughs> as Kane buried biker taker at Survivor Series. Okay, side note. This is April, January of this year, of the year WrestleMania was happening, January is when World of Wills brought in The Undertaker. Oh, wow. Did you go to this? No. I knew the line would be long. Okay. I went and stood in line for five hours ahead of time before anybody else to guarantee me a shot at meeting one of my heroes, a 13-year-old Patrick Young, Undertaker 8x10, and his Undertaker magazine wanting to meet The Undertaker. Here comes The Undertaker. I'm standing in line. I'm counting heads like, okay, those two are together. I'm uh, okay. I'll get to go third. All right. No, no, I'm second. No, I'm getting all pumped, man. I'm getting excited. <laughs> I'm getting pumped as hell. I walk up there. I ask him, hey, good luck in this year's Wrestle or this year's uh, Royal Rumble. And he's like, oh, I'm not in the Rumble. I just fucked up. Like, here I is. I'm meeting The Undertaker for the first time, and I just sounded like an idiot. I was like, <laughs> uh, 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 oh, okay. He's like, no, we got big plans for me. And I said, really? Said, well, that's cool. What are you going to... He's like, yeah, dead man's coming back. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? He's like, he goes, just trust me, kid. Dead man's coming back. <laughs> and they escort me off the stage, and I was like, no, they're not going to do that. And so when I saw the build towards this is when I started getting pumped, and it started going two and two together but it was done very well kane after being demasked had turned into a more maniacal character even though he looks so stupid without his mask but <laughs> he does uh so he he hated the undertaker because he became one of you <laughs> i came here tonight to give a eulogy for my brother the undertaker the man that i buried alive at survivor series my brother and I used to share a common bond. We were monsters, but my brother committed the most unpardonable of all sins. He betrayed himself. He became one of you. This man was not my brother. This man was not a monster. My brother was nothing but a
He became a person. <laughs> so he... You have feelings, damn it. <laughs> yeah. He killed uh, Biker Taker at Survivor Series, buried him. And uh, then, of course, there, there was this great promo from Raw where he did a eulogy for the dead man, of course. Yeah. Uh, eulogizing uh, The Undertaker. Kane enters the Royal Rumble in January, just as we saw with uh, Chris Jericho's uh, theme music distracting... Kevin Owens and costing him the belt. The gong has long been a distraction to wrestlers. They have at NXT at the Performance Center. They should teach you how to ignore the gong. If you hear the gong, <laughs> just keep, keep going. going. This Kane, is not that ring bell. Don't turn around. Yes. <laughs> so the gong distracts Kane long enough to get eliminated in the Rumble, and then so up until now he's been Undertaker from beyond the grave has been fucking with Kane by like making his pyro go off at the wrong time turning the lights on and off making the ring levitate that was cool leaving urns in Kane's bag having a casket with like worms and dirt and stuff in the middle of the ring Kane says he's not afraid to take her but the dead man said well the sign says on the titantron the dead will rise at WrestleMania 20. Kane is out first to no response. <laughs> yeah, none. The lights go the, out. The whole city le- caught fire, though, for his That answer. was a cool background. That was a cool background. The lights go out. Oh, yes! <laughs> Not only is it the return of the dead man, it's the return of Paul Bear, who is out leading the Druids. They line the ramp with the torches. Paul Bear has the urn, and he walks right up to the ring, and he looks into the ring, and he sees his son, and he says, Kane, you're no son of mine. And then he turns to the entryway. The lights go out again, and the dead man. You hear that gong, man, and it's, oh, God. Emerges the new dead man. The I would say this version of Undertaker is like a mashup of Biker Taker and and old Undertaker. It was a slow merge back towards the dead man. Yeah, well, I think this is in even 13 years later. This is sort of still the current form. Is sort of like yeah, not fully yeah one way or another. Just like but right. more dead man than Biker Man. Right. And you know that I always think Taker probably looks back at the you know the Biker Taker period as probably his favorite time because he just got to be himself a big redneck riding his motorcycle around with the american flag yeah he probably looks back at that as his fond as his as his favorite time yeah but for us it sucked because oh shit yeah biker taker i hated it i hated it i liked it at first Really? At the very first, American Badass Taker at first, I was like, okay, this is cool. As it got on and on, you know, rolling Taker and then dead man walking. I just know. Big dog in his yard. I'd fuck all that. At one point in time, they made a Taker shirt that had like, on the back of it, had like a fence and it's like, it's my yard or something like that. And I was thinking, okay, no, so. Yeah, dead man Taker would never say something. (laughs) Right, yeah. This is my yard. Well, but that's the whole argument between Roman Reigns and him this, this year. Is my, this is my graveyard. That's what he well. should say. <laughs> but this year, that's what it is. This is a battle for the yard. Yes. That, this is the premise of their match this yes. year. This, is, this might be your yard, but it's my graveyard. There you go. <laughs> 
Bear blesses Taker as he enters the ring and he goes to the steps. He does the slow light reveal with his arms, which I prefer as opposed to the removing of the hat with the lights coming up. Yeah. I, like, I like the slow light fade. Taker's only 11-0 so far, so we'll see what happens here in this match. The crowd is on their feet. Undertaker chants break out. Kane tries to touch the Undertaker to prove that he's real. He thinks he's seeing a ghost, Patrick. Glenn Jacobs doing some ex- excellent character acting here. Undertaker, instead of letting him be poked... He starts beating the shit out of Kane. The ref runs out of the ring. Kane does the same thing. But Taker uh, tracks him down and delivers his apron leg drop. Taker splashes Kane in the corner twice. Taker calls for the last ride, but Kane back body drops him out of it. Taker does some ground and pound on Kane. Then Kane sidewalk slams Taker. Kane does his top rope clothesline. Taker does old school, but gets caught with a Kane choke. Taker counters with a choke of his own, but Kane eventually does get the choke slam on Undertaker. And that would be the end of... Kane's offense. Taker does the Michael Myers sit-up spot. No sells a kick. Does his leaping clothesline. Choke slam to Kane. Undertaker calls for the tombstone. Hits it in the middle of the ring. And Taker gets the win in 747. Rest in peace, Biker Taker. Nobody misses you. And welcome back to the dead man. Thanks for jobbing. Kane, another guy with a, probably a terrible WrestleMania record, but... Probably so. This was a good match to break up the two main events. Oh, yeah. The Undertaker and WrestleMania go hand in hand even now after 30, which, don't get me started. It's one thing when you see The Undertaker, because we've seen him outside of WrestleManias, but when you see him at WrestleMania, there's a whole nother feel. Like, Well, there was. I think it's kind of I been s- reduced a little bit. I still, though, I mean, you still get those those goosebumps and those chills. Like, because I was at Wrestle, I was at uh, Survivor Series in Atlanta for the 25 years when they were patting down every single person, thinking we were gonna bomb the place. Practically got strip searched and anal searched and every cavity searched, whatever the hell you want to call it, and everything else. Anyway, it was just so weird, man. Because you got those goosebumps and you start doing, you're like, 25 years, holy cow, you know. And and so we're in for a treat and who's to say how much longer. So for those of you who have not seen The Undertaker, have not witnessed The Undertaker at a WrestleMania, that alone is worth the ticket price, whether you're in nosebleeds or you're sitting ringside. Well, he is like the last vestige to the bygone era, like the early 90s of WWE, like, Hulkamania era, like right. he is, he is like the living museum, basically. But what, in, I, oh, what I'm getting at is like when that gong goes off, that very first one, and you realize it's WrestleMania, and that gong just went off, and you're about to see the very best or Undertaker at his best. I get goosebumps every time, man. I get chill bumps like crazy. I don't know about you, but it's it's a unique feeling that. Well, and our, our time is running out with him, so. Do it while you can, yeah. Don't take it for granted. Exactly. The World Heavyweight title match, Triple Threat, is next featuring Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Name Redact. <laughs> Chris, at, Chris Benoit. At Rumble, Triple H and Michaels fought to a draw. Man, this feud between these two just will not end. I it mean, went like, what, three or four years, yeah. didn't it? HBK super kicked Benoit uh, when Benoit was a SmackDown guy, but used Austin, since he is the sheriff he makes the rules he allowed the rumble winner to choose the raw title match and that's what benoit wanted benoit wanted triple h and so benoit shows up on raw to sign the contract this is is this not the first time in which the the royal rumble winner got to pick which brand's title he wanted to face 
That's probably true. This is okay. probably it. Okay. Thanks to Sheriff Austin. Yeah. This year they didn't get to pick. Oh, like this year, this year. Yeah, like yeah, 2017. No. Yeah, no. It but, was weird. But yeah, I, I agree. Because if you're doing the draft, that's that should be a that's kind of a way to change it up and have that. Have yeah, a person, shake it up a little. Have a person jump ship or something. That's a great way of doing it, I think. So Benoit shows up on Raw to sign the contract, <laughs> of course. Shawn Michaels gets in the ring and says, hey, it's not over between me and Hunter. It's never over. This has been going on for 10 years brother and Benoit's like I don't care I'm gonna sign the contract and so as he goes to sign the contract he gets super kicked and then Shawn Michaels signs the contract Patrick Young I'm no attorney but I don't think this is how contracts work if there's a contract signing on Raw names on dotted line if there's a contract signing on Raw Patrick you and I can't hop in the ring and add our names to it and suddenly be in the title match I don't think I, I it would works try. like that. I would try. Maybe in the in this WWE rule book they put out, maybe that is a rule that you if you just sign the I'm gonna go buy that today and look it up. Yeah. Anyway, that's the setup for this match. They get the drowning pool song, plays out the rest of the promo with highlights of everybody fighting. Sean is out first. Streamers come down from the sky for him, just as they did when he won the Survivor series that we reviewed. Just when he won an elimination chamber in this very same arena. The crowd was not on his side. They had their favorite. He, but he is. He did correct one thing, Patrick. He's not wearing poop brown tights this time. He is in his classic red HBK tights. Yeah. Beautiful. Red and white HBK hearts. I wish that there was the blue in it, but it was fine. I'll accept these. Chris Benoit is out next, and then Triple H comes out, who doesn't have a special entrance, which I was shocked by. In white boots. boots. Lex Luger white boots. That's ex- And even even King mentions, well, he's got those white boots on. Yeah. Weird. I love, yeah, King was like, you know what they say, good men wear white or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> what? No, you just ruined it. But yeah, him in white boots. That was. I thought that was crazy. Odd uniform choice. Yeah. Earl checks the participants for weapons. I guess he saw those white boots and probably thought something's up. Someone's got some nucks in okay. here or something. Now, here's where I know you're going to say something. Triple threat. Oh, good point. No DQ. Ah, uh, you got me. I didn't even think about it. Why are you <laughs> patting the guys down? <laughs> Just say it. I guess they had some time to fill or something. Uh, so they La- Last minute. Last minute instructions. Last minute. Hey. Okay, yeah. Let's go Benoit chance breakout. Ooh, you will not hear those anymore. Uh, Benoit and HBK fight over who gets to fight Triple H. Benoit tries to crossface early on Sean, but he rolls out of the ring. Uh, then they exchange chops. Triple H gets knocked out of the ring by Sean. Sean and Benoit have a nice mat sequence with a bridge out and a crossface attempt. Benoit hits a Northern Lights suplex to Sean for a two count. Triple H hops back in the ring and goes after the faces. Sean skins the cat after Triple H tries to dispose him. Sean then shoots Benoit over the ropes, so now he's out of the ring. H hits his signature flying knee to Sean for a two count. Triple H rams Chris Benoit's head into the ring apron, and then HBK baseball slides into both of them, not Knocking them both down onto the ring mats. Then Sean climbs up to the top turnbuckle and moonsaults onto Benoit and Triple H, who do a great job of catching this man and keeping him from looking like Billy Kidman earlier in the night. Yeah. So Sean and Triple H are now in the ring. H tries a pedigree, but Benoit comes in and saves Sean Michaels. Benoit rams Sean into the turnbuckle shoulder first. Benoit snap suplexes Triple H, gets some hard Ric Flair chops in the corner. Then Triple H puts Benoit in the tree of woe and throws HBK into Benoit, and then he covers Sean for a two count. Michaels hits the flying forearm on Triple H, kips up, and then 
Benoit clotheslines him over the top rope. Benoit wants the triple Germans on Triple H. One for every H, I guess. <laughs> he gets all three, despite H fighting through the second. He's not going to, you know, Triple H, not going to just sell that easy. Benoit calls for the flying headbutt, but HBK crotches him on the turnbuckle. HBK misses a super kick on Triple H, and Triple H DDTs him, so Sean rolls out of the ring. Benoit and Triple H fight on the turnbuckle, H gets a superplex on Benoit for a two count. We get Let's Go Benoit chance again. Benoit puts H in the crossface, but Sean this time saves him. HBK, Sean Michaels is going to try triple Germans on right. Benoit, but instead, Benoit gets the triple Germans on Sean. Benoit tries the flying headbutt again, this time on Sean Michaels, but Sean kicks out at two. An HBK flying forearm sends Benoit out of the ring. He kips up, atomic drops Triple H, and clotheslines him to try his signature top rope elbow. And he delivers it. Now it's time to tune up the band. He nails Triple H with the super kick. But Triple H is saved by Benoit, who pulls Triple H out of the ring as Michaels was covering. Sean flare chops Benoit now in the corner of the ring. HBK does his uh, signature flare flop into the corner. Turnbuckle flip that he comes out of the turnbuckle. And then Benoit tries a sharpshooter before catapulting HBK into the turnbuckle. This gives Sean a chance to blade. Now, okay. Did he actually blade? Because... Oh, yes. Because he, he didn't make it all the way to the turnbuckle. So I was wondering if he if he caught one of the cross ties there, because he bled a lot. Oh, I know, dude. This looked like, this looked like I elimination chamber. Yeah. No, this was worse than that. So I, I was thinking maybe it actually was, like, he caught one of those cross ties, and it really did lay, lay him open. Yeah, like we've talked about before, every time HBK and Triple H get in a match, they just have to bleed. So I wasn't... I, that one I really wasn't sure if he actually did blade or didn't. Benoit attempts a cross face on Sean, but HBK grabs his arm before he can tap. He stops Sean from tapping. Benoit throws Triple H into the steps face first, and then Triple H throws him into the steps. I ask the question here, how is Sean bleeding this much just from the turnbuckle? Right. It's ridiculous. That's why I was thinking maybe he actually did hit one of the cross ties, but he may he may have bladed. I'm not sure. Triple H clears off the Spanish announce table. Uh-oh. Benoit tries to German suplex Triple H through JR's announce table. That would have been awesome. Instead, Triple H looks for a pedigree on the table. Then Sean decides, you know what? I'm going to help you out, buddy. DX Reunion. DX Reunion. <laughs> DX Reunion is cited at WrestleMania 20 as they double vertical suplex Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit through the SmackDown announce table to a holy shit chance. <laughs> he through that thing too, though. It was nasty. It was nasty. So bloody Shawn Michaels rolls into the ring and... Sl- and points at Triple H. It's you and me now, brother. They exchange strikes and Sean throws H out of the ring so hard he knocks the cameraman flat on his ass <laughs> when he tumbles out of the ring. This causes Triple H to start bleeding for some reason. Triple H goes in the ring, pedigrees Michaels, but he can't capitalize. And Earl, another ref misstep here by Earl, starting to lose it a little bit, starts to double count these two men that were passed out on the mat. Or he gets to like two, and then he realizes what he's doing, and he stops. <laughs> so, I, uh, because he would have been fucked if he yeah. had. Yeah. <laughs> if he hit 10, what are you going to do? You can't ring the bell. So Triple H eventually does make it over to cover Sean. Benoit wakes up and stops the count. And now everyone is laying in the center of the ring. And, and Triple H and Sean look like they have lost all the blood in their bodies. Sean rolls out of the ring unconsciously for some reason. H tries a pedigree but gets countered into a sharpshooter. Now the crowd buys this as the finish. And I would have fucking loved, 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 loved to see Triple H tap out to the sharpshooter. 
in the middle of the ring. That would have been a great way to finish this match. It would have. I think the ending's still awesome. But. Yeah. Triple H is going nuts, shaking his head, throwing his bloody hair around. He get, almost gets to the ropes, but oh no, Benoit drags him right into the center of the ring. Then out of nowhere, super kick to Chris Benoit. And now all three guys are once again passed out in the middle of the ring. HBK crawls over and covers Benoit, but Benoit kicks out at two and a half to a huge reaction, and the crowd suddenly realize they know who's going to win this match. Benoit chants break out as the crowd knows that if you're kicking out of that, you're probably going to win this match. Yeah. HBK tunes up the band to some boos. Suddenly, the crowd has turned on Shawn Michaels tuning up the band. This was a solid Benoit fan, fan base. Yeah. So Benoit ducks sweet chin music and back body drops Sean out of the ring. He's done for the night. H, though, standing and waiting. And he's gonna hit you with a pedigree. But he gets countered into the Crippler crossface. The crowd is going nuts as Triple H tries for the ropes. Earl checks his arm. You know, raise it the three times. But his arm, no, it won't go down. It's shaking. Is, tri- is Triple H going to hulk out of this? What's going to happen here? He's fighting it. But Benoit then rolls H into the middle of the ring. He's got nowhere to go. The crossface is still applied. He was fucked then. And then Triple H. I can't believe it happened. Because this is one of the few guys that hates tapping out. But Triple H taps out at 24:51. Holy shit. The crowd goes nuts. The crowd is on their feet. And Chris Benoit. This emotionless man that we have seen for 18 years suddenly in tears as his moment in the sun. It makes it really hard to watch now in retrospect. It does, actually. It almost, I I had very, I didn't know it would affect me so much because of doing this show and reviewing it and... uh, because I have seen this match since yeah. 2007. It, ju- it really affected me. Just uh, because the standing ovation, he, you can see even like Fink is standing up and clapping yeah. and ev- yeah. the announcers. And JR's call is just epic. It's the 18-year-long odyssey. This guy that they never said would do it. He finally did it. He overcame. He's in tears. And then all of a sudden to make it even sadder. But even a more special moment at the time. He turns around and there's Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, yeah. his best friend, who also has tears in his eyes and they bro hug in the ring as the confetti falls and they cry and embrace JR calls it the greatest Wrestlemania of all and the network version luckily cuts out all, all the stuff with Nancy and uh, Chris's son so that was good spared me that and then we get the uh the repeat begins again promo and a video music montage of the event and there you have it what'd you think of the main event if you did not cry at the end of that finish I'm going to tell you right now, you are a soulless, heartless bastard. Well, before 2007, if you didn't cry, but... I still did. It's still emotional to watch. I had a tear run down my face. I'm a man enough to admit it. That was, without a doubt, you finally got to see a guy who busted his ass for years. From jobber to working indies. Japan. Japan. ECW. ECW. Going to WCW and jobbing there. Working his way up to being something in the Four Horsemen. Working his way up to being a mid-carder. To finally get to WWE and start working his way even further and further. And literally 18 years finally culminates into getting... On the biggest stage. The world heavyweight title. The height of your career. I mean, if your job, whatever your job is, whatever you do, to reach the height of it at the biggest moment in whatever it is. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was really, it's really emotional, too. That's 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 if the Atlanta Falcons won the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> 
I mean, am I true? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean or the Cleveland Browns won. Or, yeah, or you know, or that's when like the Cleveland. That's Cavs the Chicago won. Cubs winning oh, the World yeah, Series after 108 years. Yeah. That's to wrestling fans. Yeah, to wrestling fans, that's the equivalent of it, though. I mean, like that's yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of other ways to to interpret that's. But it's just heartbreaking knowing what happened to the two men standing in the ring yeah. at the end of it. And uh, just for various reasons, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. this WrestleMania left you with the impression that things were going to be different in the immediate future, that right. Benoit's yeah. a top guy now. Guerrero's a top guy now. Cena's on his way up. We've got Orton on his way up. Things are changing. This was supposed to indicate a shift change. like Correct. And Absolutely. Lesnar's out, you know, no more of that shit, you know, and that, and that you know, The Rock's part-time now. Austin's not wrestling. Things Gold, are... Goldberg's out. you got yeah. you got Triple H now is going to start trying to move out of the spotlight on an ever, every single show basis. You've got Shawn Michaels going to, at this point in time, was going to try to slow down, but again, got drawn back in. This left you with an impression that things were going to change, but things didn't really... No. It didn't materialize, didn't. but in this one moment, isolated moment, it's yeah. an amazing moment. You're right. But then what happened afterwards, not just with, with Benoit and all that terribleness or what happened with Eddie and his passing, but just like they were bitter about Brock leaving, so then Benoit's title reign is cut real short, so they give it to Randy Orton to erase that Brock was the youngest champ ever or whatever, and then yeah. and then you get back into the old politics of Triple H again, and just some of that bullshit starts up again. Rob Van Dam never gets pushed, so it just kind of reverts back. Yeah. So it doesn't. It reminds me a lot of the ending of WrestleMania 30 uh, because for different reasons it didn't work out too. But like Daniel Bryan, identical. Yeah, Daniel Bryan finally you, culminated. Finally, even though he had been a champ before, but he was screwed. I mean, like he he yeah he finally had done it, but it was took away from. Him. It was like dangling that carrot. You got a bite of it, but then you got pulled back. But that, but the impression at the end of WrestleMania 30, I thought, was the same thing, too. Like, things are going to be different from here on out because the streak was broken. Brian's our top guy. You know, Batista's on his way out. Like, the shield is clearly moving up, which that did come to fruition. And so yeah. some things did change. And, I mean, they brought in AJ Styles. So there has been a shift change of, of sorts since WrestleMania 30. But the, as far as having Brian, Daniel Bryan as the top guy, I mean, injuries, it, it's totally different than why it didn't work out with Right. why they gave up on Benoit, but in that isolated moment, in WrestleMania 30's closing moments, it's still a very special moment. It reminds well, and, me a lot of that. And and we were there, and we had a slow walk back to Bourbon Street, to the hotel, that night. I feel comfortable in saying that was the quietest crowd leaving a WrestleMania that I've ever seen wrestlemania 27 people were all pumped cheering and stuff as they're walking out everybody's loud hey let's go here let's go there it was almost like mourning the undertaker lost in the way of holy crap shock and all that daniel Bryan finally did it like it was it was a, you could literally hear a pin drop almost eighty thousand people walking out of the superdome so yeah moments like that are few and far between yeah and uh, they wasted uh, an opportunity this year when they had bailey win the world or win the women's title on Raw. Just yeah. threw that out the window. Oh, and then they had a Charlotte loser streak on a pay-per-view and threw that out the window. Yeah. So these moments are uh, very special if you 
booked them that way. So, But the reason we picked this, of course, is the 13-year-long feud. The main reason we picked this was Goldberg v. Lesnar, which uh, stole the show tonight. Five-star classic, in my opinion. So, uh, I, hope, I hope you're lying, because that was, that was shit. Forget the main <laughs> event. Uh, that triple threat match, that was garbage. Uh, it was all about Lesnar and Goldberg, and uh, that's why we're heading down to Orlando in a couple weeks, because, man, after you see this, you want more. That's right. You gotta have more. On, of our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where would you rate WrestleMania 20? I'm gonna have to go with a Kurgan. Kurgan, very good choice. Uh, very good choice. I will go with, hmm, this is tough. See? For a stupid rating. <laughs> that makes no difference. It, hey, it makes a difference to it me. It happened 13 years ago. It makes a difference to me, damn it. I will go with a Sid Vicious for this one. Okay. I'll go with a uh, Sid Vicious, a very tall man with curly hair. So there you go. That is my WrestleMania 20 review. So you picked this one in lieu of this year's WrestleMania. Of course. Yes. This this is my pick. This is my pick. And so we're going to step into the time machine and go from WrestleMania 20 ahead four years to WrestleMania 24. Why WrestleMania 24, Patrick? Because WrestleMania 24 is taking place in the Orlando Citrus Bowl, home of this year's WrestleMania 33. We are going to see the greatest of all time. Once again, this year, probably step foot back in to where he ended it all. But we're going to see the greatest of all time hang up his boots. Sort of. And end his full-time wrestling schedule in Nature Boy Ric Flair. His in-ring WWE career in official matches comes to an end. Because he did have a street fight <laughs> like two weeks later. But that's fine. It happens in Orlando. That's where we'll be in a couple weeks for WrestleMania, so it's a good tie-in. Uh, this is going to take a ton of editing, so I'm going to wrap things up. You can head over to RetroWrestlingPodcast.com and get all our episodes. We're up to 27 now. So we are. In a few weeks, we'll be almost up to how many WrestleManias there's been ever. So there you go. We're eclipsing. We're just setting all sorts of records. So that'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing lines close on. Bingo, bingo.
Eddie Guerrero with a heartfelt embrace on his friend, Chris Benoit. These men have traveled the world over so many times, and they're both shedding tears of joy because Chris Benoit can say, I won the heavyweight championship of the world in Madison Square Garden at WrestleMania 20. Well, I'll tell you what, folks, for my money, this has been the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Seven championships were decided, but none bigger, King, than what we have just witnessed. The WWE Champion, the World Champion, together in the ring at the same time. What a sight. Only, like you said, JR, at WrestleMania 20. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us. We certainly appreciate it. This has been WrestleMania, where it has all begun again.